Today on Gamer Red Radio. We talk all things Zelda. Gamer Red Radio starts now. Hey, listen, it's Gamerhead Radio this week, and uh, here we are in our beautiful, beautiful studio in uh, Hyrule. Uh, you may sense a theme this week. Uh, Hyrule, Illinois, that is. <laughs> I'm going to need another hey, listen, but in your falsetto. I, like, I really need you to... Oh, man, in the allergy season. This could be great. Hey, listen! <laughs> there you go. Wow, it's like Tom Waits and Helium. That was like demented Muppet, but okay. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Sounded, so... I love it. Kind of like Towley or maybe... <laughs> Maybe Mr. Hanky, I don't know. Kids don't do drugs. Uh, I'm, I'm Goat, uh, apparently on helium this week. <laughs> I am Charlie, Tech the Tronicorn Worthley. Candy Mountain, Charlie. And I'm Jonathan Santiago, a.k.a. Fallon Flynn. Morbius for villains, come on! So, gentlemen, how was, uh, how was the week in Hyrule? Well, uh, I went out and I smashed some pots and um, kicked some chickens. That did not end well for me. And um, I, uh, I did some quests. I did, oh, nice, I did some quests. Nice, nice. Um, I'm actually not joking about any of this because I played the new Zelda. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad you specified and clarified that because the reality is, is Charlie would be so upset if he actually kicked a chicken. That's true. He would be heartbroken if he hurt an animal. That's, yes. that's, yeah. that's true. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We do not advocate cock kicking on this show. No, no. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> there's no way to bridge out of that. Coming uh, up for releases this week because how do you transition from that? Uh, Tuesday, March 8th, Tom Clancy's The Division. It's coming out on the PS4, the Xbox One, and the PC. Colat on the PS4. Uh, Assault Android Cactus on the PS4 because reasons. Uh, Action Hank on the PS4. H E N K. I was like, I want to say Hank, but it's Hank. 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 Action Hank. Unless Kutaku has a typo. Uh, Blastem Bunnies on the PS4 and the Vita. Don't Die, Mr. Robot, also on the PS4 and the Vita. Uh, Pixel Hunter on the Vita. Either possibly Tetra Naminos, Tetra Namoyas, or Tetra Naminos. I don't know. On the PS4. Tetra Nemos. Tetra Nemos. T-E-T-R-A-N-I-M-O-E-S on the PS4. Whatever that is. Um, Actually known as... No one's going to buy your game because they can't fucking say it. <laughs> that. that. Yeah. Uh, Rise of the Kasai, uh, which is a PS2 classic being released on the PS4. Uh, Alien Shooter, quite possibly the most creative name I have ever heard. Hmm. Just kidding. On the PS3 and the PS4. Hmm. Yes, the PS3 is getting released this week. Uh, but not the only one because White Tail Challenge, which I'm assuming is a deer hunting game. So screw that game. Coming out on the PS3. Wednesday, March 9th, uh, Casey Powell Lacrosse 16 is coming out on the PS4, the Xbox One, and the PC. And Dre, D-R-E-I-I, on the PS4 and the Vita. Thursday, March 10th, Fire Emblem Fates Revolution is getting a release on the 3DS eShop. And Death Smiles is getting a PC release. And uh, a fair number of releases coming out on Friday, March 11th. First of all, the newest episodic uh, version of Hitman is coming out on the PS4, the Xbox One, and the PC. Alkaheim's Gun on the PC. Blastem Bunnies is getting its Xbox One release, uh, which was uh, is, uh, on the PS4 and the Vita earlier in the week on Tuesday. Xbox One on Friday, apparently. WWE 2K16 is getting its release on Friday, March 11th. And, ah, good, I've been waiting for this. Uh, Ori and the Blind Forest, the Definitive Edition, coming out on Friday, March 11th. 
Uh, very interested to see what that adds and if they do anything for existing owners of the current game. Hopefully they'll allow you to add on the existing content mm. through DLC and not have to buy the entire thing over again because that would make me a sad panda. Um, yeah, what are you guys looking forward to on this list? Um, I've heard really good things about The Division, actually. I've heard that if you like playing co-op games with friends, it's actually got some refreshing uh, angles to it. And I'm almost positive it may be cross-platform, too. I think Xbox One people can play with PC people. Oh, nice. Good. Yeah, More of so that, It's going to be a very robust... Well, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit later during news, but, uh, I mean, there is definitely a push from Microsoft to try and unify the Xbox One platform and, and tie that in with a PC. A controversial so, push. Controversial. Yeah. Ever, ever expanding in its controversy. We'll talk about that, though. Um, Fire Emblem Fates. I'm excited for that. I'm not done with the current Fire Emblem game that I have on the dual screen. Uh, Awakening. It's I've got like nine hours into it. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that one. And what's, uh, what was that? Oh, I'm kind of interested to see how this Hitman episodic thing plays out because yeah. while I have never had an interest in a Hitman game, everything I've seen for this one, it looks really slick and elegant in the way it's designed. So, uh, and we'll see. Um, I agree that Hitman looks interesting. I'm going to be hoping for a, a demo and, um, reviews to, to mm. kind of check that one out further. And to, I don't know if we, I'm sure that the, that the pricing for whatever each episode costs is out there somewhere. I haven't bothered to look it up yet just cause I'm waiting for reviews first, but hopefully that's fair. Go looking forward to anything on here. No, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward into the future. Uh, Monday, March 14th, we're getting H T O L dollar, uh, uh, amper, uh, Pound signed NIQ, the Firefly Diary. It, screw that name. Um, Tuesday, March 15th, we're getting EA Sports UFC 2. Colat is getting a PS4 release. Senren Kagura Estival versus Endless Summer Edition. Longest name ever on the PS4 and the Vita. Christ. Uh, Terraria is coming on the 3DS. Aegeus of Earth. Proto, what is with names this week? Proto Vonus, Proto Novus, Proto Novus Assault on the PS4. Sebastian Loeb, Rally Evo. <laughs> There's, 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 there's. I believe you. Punctuation there on the PS4 and the Xbox One and Samurai Warriors 4 Empires on the PS4. And very, uh, I did not realize it was this close. Friday, March 18th, Pokken Tournament. It's coming out on the Wii oh, U. Oh, wow. And Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games on the 3DS. Sketch which one of those is going to sell more copies. Uh, it's Pokken. Pokken? As in Pokemon. I'm going to go with Pokken. Pocket Monsters. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not Pokemon Monsters? <laughs> That's a different game. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Uh, let's let's get away from poking things and uh, figure out what we've played. Uh, for fun and games, Charlie, what did you play? <laughs> uh, I played, uh, as I kind of already mentioned, um, I am uh, playing the uh, HD remaster, which is, well, of, of Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Uh, it's the HD remastered, re-re-re-released. Re, re, <laughs> kind of, sort of, yes. I mean, like, I don't consider, like, you know, because it came out, I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it came out on the the Wii and the GameCube simultaneously, right? That yes. Those came out at the same time? Yeah. Mm, yeah I thought it came so. on the GameCube first, and then later mm. it came out on the Wii. Oh, it did, but, like, barely. It wasn't It very was, long. like, right at that over, overlap was, yeah. okay. when GameCube was about to go away right okay. as the Wii yeah. came about. Okay, okay, so, okay. I mean, it was... I think they, they could have released it at the same time, if I remember right, though. 
because uh, I was working at GameStop at the time, it was a staggered release intentionally okay. to give people something to invest yeah, in the week. They yeah. Try and squeeze out a couple more GameCube sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, but yes, but it was, I, it was the same game, though, right? I mean, like, yes, sure, the Wii so probably the had some, yes, yes, some controller differences, mm-hmm. of course, which is going to be necessary. But uh, So here's what I can say about this. Um, so I played Twilight, I, I played the beginning of Twilight Princess when it originally came out on the Wii. Um, the controls just completely turned me off. Like, just, I, I was not enjoying playing it with the waggle. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's, like, ways to, like, do it without it, but just, I just, I did not like it. And so I just kind of sort of fell off it. Um, I am enjoying this playthrough a lot more than I did the first time through. Um, the uh, the implementation of the touchscreen is perfect. It's either your inventory, which you can quickly switch out, you know, the, your different uh, your different things into your three uh, quick use slots, um, or you can flip over to the map, which mm-hmm. you know shows on it like uh, like the reeds to summon Epona and things like that. You know, like the different things, like different like landmarks on the on the mini map is actually useful. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the 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 port of it is great. Um, the oh my god, the 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 Midna and Wolf Link. Like amiibo that it comes with is gorgeous. Like it's it's. I mean, like there are some good looking amiibo. This is one of the best looking amiibo that I've seen. Um, what so, is it? The sculpt or the paint job? The pose? What is it? All of the above. All of it? Yeah, wow. yeah. The, uh, the the paint job is fantastic. The, the the pose that they have it in is is really great. I'll bring it up. And I'll show it to you guys if you haven't seen it in person yet. But um, yeah, no. So I'm very happy with that. Um, the uh, it might make me go get more Zelda amiibos, uh, more Link related, you know, Legend of Zelda related amiibos because you can actually tap in um, um, uh, the uh, Link, uh, either of the Link, whether you know the the Smash Link or the Toon Link, um, to uh, refill your arrows at any time. Apparently, um, uh, the either of the the Zelda or the Sheik ones to refill your hearts or the Ganondorf one to be able to take double damage. Mm-hmm. And I think you can do this at any time. You know, I haven't I haven't tried it yet, so I'm not sure. But um, so that's kind of cool. I mean, like actually makes it useful. Um, some people might say that's cheating. I don't care because I, I it'll help me get through the game faster, <laughs> which yeah, yeah, as, as listeners know is an important. Well, I mean, you got to uh, give you some sort of an incentive for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the 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 Wolf Link amiibo that it comes with unlocks a special dungeon, which I have not tried yet. Oh, um, right. But it's on. actually new content. Wow, that, was that they built the on game. that engine for this game. Yep. See, that's cool as shit to me. If you're gonna re-release a game, building something with the the elements of the original game, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's yep. a, that's I would buy it just for that. Yeah. Um, what I can say as far as the game itself is concerned, it is very clearly, um, a, a Wii, like, era game. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you, you can see that they, like, you know, that, like, the resolution's better. Obviously, it's an HD. The Wii was not an HD console. And yeah. so, like, you don't get, like, the, the jagged edges on the, on, sure. on, the, on the polygons. Sure. But, like, the textures are, like, they're, they're better. But, I mean, like, they didn't do anything as far as the As good animations. as it's gonna get. Yeah. I mean, like, they, it is a spit shine. It is not... I'd say calling it a remaster is is not the right word. It is a it is an HD re-release, which I think is what they call it too. So I mean that's 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 fair. But um, I mean if you played the original, um, I I'm not. I mean if if you played the original and you love the original and you want to play it again, this is a great way to do it. But if you were you know if you could take or leave the original. Um, you would have to decide if the extra if the extra content that they added would justify repurchasing it for you or not. Um, I don't know if the amiibo is available outside of the bundle. Um, so I mean, if you're an amiibo collector, of course there's that. But um, but yeah, but I'm enjoying it uh, more than I thought I would, to be perfectly honest. Awesome. Um, but yeah, um, that is the only thing I've had time to touch this week. John, how about you? 
Um, I played um, last week. I had mentioned that I, I was playing uh, Rainbow Six Siege and was not sure um, like how to describe it because it's not a it's a first person shooter and it feels like it should be a typical war shooter, but it's not. So I decided to spend more time with it. Initially, I was just, just going to say fuck it. I don't you know. It's not run and gun. It's not quick pace. I need to not play it. And then I went, you know what? It's not every day somebody tries to balance out something that plays differently than like a Call of Duty game or Battlefield game. So I want to stick this out and see what happens with it. So um, now that I've had some time with it, it's really interesting. It's cleverly designed. Uh, it does have a couple of control issues, as I mentioned last week, where the stick sensitivity is not as sensitive as it, it could have been and mm-hmm. needs to be. Um, and it's... It's just, you have to be strategic when playing this game. You can't just run in and try to shoot everything on your own because you are going to get wrecked. There are a couple of things that I I would prefer they would have changed. You've got these guys who have these big extendable shields they hold on their arm, like riot shields, and then they hold a pistol, right? And they could fire out. The thing that balances them a little bit is once they run out of ammo because their other hand is busy, they have to pull the shield down to reload their gun, and it leaves them massively vulnerable. Hmm. But if you if you can get enough shots in, and it's nice because like you can aim down the sights if you want, and in order to do that, because it's just you're firing from the hip while you've got the shield up. But if you aim down the sights, then he he uses the shield to balance his arm over, and then it goes into the sights. So you can get a better shot if you need to. But there's another variation of that class where the guy has these massive LED lights in the front of it, and he only gets three charges or something like that. But you hit the right bumper, and it blinds you like a flashbang. So, like, you've got this guy with a shield firing at you uh, over the shield after he blinds the shit out of you, <laughs> and you can't see, and, like, he gets you almost every time. That's the only thing I could find that wasn't balanced, otherwise neat. Um, but it's it's enjoyable, but I'm having the same problem with it that I have with a lot of modern first-person shooters. The engine is fine, and they may have fine-tuned and balanced the multiplayer, but at this point, nobody's even fucking trying anymore. They're putting out a multiplayer component with absolutely no campaign whatsoever there's a series of like little challenge missions that they basically there to kind of teach you how the systems in the game work that's it you know so you remember that that big trailer they showed at e3 last year with angela bassett acting in it and they had her face digitized and it seemed very dramatic the there that in that cgi like introduction you know talking about the counterterrorism unit that's that's it. She was in that, and then she does voiceover work for the loading state, like the loading areas of the stages, uh, the single player maps. But that's fucking it. Like they made uh-huh. it, they sold it as if it looked like it was going to have some sort of story, and then it didn't. Um, so I have a problem with that. Um, Metal Gear still fucking playing Metal Gear. Um, a lot of it. Uh, I don't know what else I can say about it, man. It's uh, it's awesome. That's it. How and, far are you now? Um, I am several missions into, uh, part two, as you said, Mm -hmm. um, to give you an idea of where I'm at. I just did two of the side op missions that are like required missions to go get two of the kids back that escaped into the jungle. Um, and then the last, I think primary mission I did, I had to steal two containers with code talkers, like data and research materials in them from the jungle. Um, so nothing... There was one bit, there was, not to spoil it for anybody who might be playing it, there was one scene that takes place between Code Talker and Quiet, you know, mm. that, you, you remember what I'm talking about? Is this, uh, is Where this he, basically... he speaks to her in a, in a particular language. Is this you discover why she's, why she doesn't talk? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that's non-spoiler enough to say. Yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah. Um, I just finished that mission. Okay. That's where I've stopped. Um, and I've done two of the non-required main missions that you said that were like just harder difficulty levels or like on-site procurement. Mm-hmm. And then I've got another like three or four I haven't touched. I think I'm on like 38 or 39 right just now. Just so you are aware, those yeah. harder difficulty versions, yeah. you do not have to do those missions. I to, haven't been to, doing them. Well, you, you said you I did, did a couple two of them. Of them right. Just because okay. I wanted to see how hard they okay, were okay, and okay. I happened to do okay on them. So okay. I finished them, but... Um, I know that the other ones aren't required. If it doesn't have a yellow dot next to it, I'm not playing it right exactly. now, essentially. Yep. Um, so yeah, Metal Gear. Um, tried playing a little bit more Forza. It's really good. Um, it just doesn't it doesn't hold my interest for ter- as long as I would like for it to. Yeah. Um, and I think... Oh, and some Fire Emblem Awakening. And I think that's it, man. I just didn't have time. I had other stuff going on this week. Goat? <clears throat> uh, let's, see. let's see. Not having time seems to be the, uh, the theme <laughs> of the week. Uh... Did some more Diablo three, same same shit, different day. Um, working up to like 115 paragons, nothing big, to exciting there. Uh, and then went on this like Nintendo's doing something awesome, and they're putting out uh, like virtual that. console games, and they just put out their first batch of uh, Super Nintendo, which would be Super Mario World, Pilot Wings, and F Zero. I picked up Super Mario World. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, they're doing the direct ports. There's no frills. There's no nothing. It plays like a champion. After 20 years of not playing it, though, it's uh, the difficulty's <laughs> back up. Yeah, it's like a whole new game again. <laughs> oh yeah, well, you forget how how um, spoiled we've become when you go back mm-hmm. and play anything like Super Nintendo era back. <laughs> Is well, I, well, that's not fair. PlayStation One games were pretty hard too, mm-hmm. like in 64 PlayStation era games, mostly because the controls were so fucking bad. But yeah. It's still good though. It's and it's not even that. It's just like getting back into the feel of it, and you know, even like on the on the Wii U and stuff like that. When I play, go back to a Mario side scroller, it's like, oh right, this is got to get those those muscles back in my in my hands. So, but other than that, that that's that's it. It was a quick week. So, before we move on, real quick, uh, just a couple uh, uh, programming announcements. First of all, um, this will be the last week that we are going to run the listener survey slash census. So if you have not filled it out yet, please go to uh, survey.gamerheadradio.com. And this is your chance to anonymously, unless you choose to tell us who you are. Otherwise, it is built to be anonymous. Uh, anonymously tell us what you think about the show, our programming, what we do. Um, we uh, ask for your ideas about different things, what you like, what you don't like. And we absolutely take that feedback into account. And so please, um, at the very least, um, if you could swing by and just uh, just for the headcount, it'll take like 30 seconds of your time. Or um, if you're able to answer some more questions about your preferences, that'd be great, too. Um, so there's that. And also um, mentioned it last week near the end of the show, mentioned it here at the top, that uh, Gamerhead Radio will be recording live at Winnie City PonyCon on Friday, April 1st. In uh, the panel panel room B, at um, uh, currently on the schedule, we are sitting at from 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. And, um, yeah, so um, if you uh, happen to be in the area and uh, want to find out what the hell a My Little Pony convention looks like and uh, come and see us while you're at it, well, we'll be there. All right. Yeah, that was fun. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> light, light on the games this week, man. It seems like everybody, it's almost as if everybody's really busy doing, like, adult shit. Oh. Yeah. The month before uh-huh. a con, I don't, yeah, it's, you, I forced myself to have time to play games this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I kind of had to do the same thing, and some of that was today, just hours before the show, because I've been out of town all weekend, but 
if you think about it, really, I mean, like if, if those of you listening at home had any idea what our schedules look like respectively right now, it's, oh, ugh, 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 that's it. That's all I got. It's spring. We're ramping back up to yeah, in a big bad way yes. to entertainment season. And yeah, make sure that you're paying attention to, um, to us um, at uh, we'll, we'll mention here on the show, but also make sure you're following us on our, our various social media presences because we have a lot of uh, things in the works in terms of um, field trips we're going to be making, um, potential conventions and other places we're going to be recording shows at, and um, you know we uh, we we really want to take what we started last year with doing live shows and things like that and ramp it up for 2016. So pay. Attention, folks. There is a lot more coming. Mm-hmm. With all that being uh, out in the open now, uh, now as you know, we've done in the video game industry. Let's see what they've done too. <laughs> I'm okay with that version. Let's go with that version. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. This week I have collected a rousing. Number of stories for you. The same number that we have every week. Five. So I'm going to start there. <laughs> Coke and McDonald's gets kids into virtual reality with cheap VR headsets. McDonald's is actually serving this. I can't tell whether this is brilliant or smart or crazy or bad or I don't know. I don't, can't tell you yet. But uh, McDonald's is offering a Happy Meal where the Happy Meal box turns into the equivalent of a Google Cardboard unit. Oh, all right. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to get the Happy Meal anyways, uh, instead of getting a shitty plastic toy in the Happy Meal, you're getting the box, which turns into a cardboard unit. It doesn't still come with a toy? I don't believe so. No. no I think that might be the toy. Um, let me double check and see, but I'm, I'm almost certain that's it. Um, so this was a, uh, this was an article originally published by US Gamer, and they said, no, make no mistake, virtual reality is here to stay. It's easy to dismiss if you live in the 90s and watch the hype surrounding fledgling VR tech gradually dissolve, but something about modern VR feels more grounded. It's more thoroughly planned out and far more tangible than the 90s outlandish VR dreams, which were based on wishes and cotton candy. That's <laughs> actually not too far from the truth. Yeah. At any rate, Facebook, Valve, and Sony, amongst other companies, have already invested way too much time and money into VR to let it quietly dry up and blow away. The companies behind the push will probably pull every marketing trick out uh, to get people interested, short of slapping their respective VR headsets onto our vases. But while VR is certain to catch on, it won't be everywhere tomorrow. VR headsets are currently too expensive for the common Joe. Oculus Rift, as we've talked about, coming in at five ninety nine uh, at the by the end of this month, and the HTC Vive already available for pre order um, seven ninety nine. Um, so. Google Cardboard is probably the thing that you could compare this to most, and that is a, uh, you know, essentially depending on where you get it, either free or maximum upwards of like $20, you know, piece of something or other. For like a nice one, yeah. Yeah, for a nice one. Um, I'm of the opinion that if Coke and McDonald's are willing to do this, if they were talked into doing this, it's because somebody somewhere in the hierarchy of their marketing department has heard and knows something about the anticipated numbers of virtual reality. I think that this is probably the first commercial sign that VR is going to pop and it is going to stick around because I don't think companies like this, it would even be on their radar if they didn't think that there was some way for them to benefit from it. But I mean, it's like it's on the tip of our tongue here. Like we're, we're this close. And I think that this is, you know, definitely the first sign that that's gonna that's gonna be a big deal. What do you guys think? The uh, well, I mean, 
I'm going to play advocate here for a second. Uh, devil's advocate. I'm going to say it's this has probably cost them in the grand scheme of like the different marketing, you know, stunts or whatever that these companies put on. This is probably on the low end as far as what it costs to put this together. Sure. You know, the, the most expensive part about this was simply designing, like figuring out how you're going to, you know, take a take a Happy Meal box and perforate it and fold it and whatever. Sure. And, you know, tab A and the slot A and whatever and, you know, turn it into a, a VR headset. Um once that engineering side of it was done, I mean, just you're, you're already printing the boxes. You just got to put in the perforations, you know, just change like the box cutter molds or whatever they are, whatever, you, whatever the term is for them. And you're done. I mean, so, sure. um, I mean, VR is just super, super buzzy right now. It's, 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 uh, something that everybody is paying attention to. I mean, like it's, it's, I mean, you've got, you know, good morning America and everybody's talking about it. Yeah. It's just, it's an extraordinary, it's, it's a extraordinarily powerful buzzword. And so, I don't think this is quite the, um, you know, you, you, John, you said basically that the fact that they're doing this just lends credence to the, um, the revolution is coming. Yes. Uh, I don't think it's quite that just because this is a super low effort, um, super low effort, but consider this when they talked about virtual reality in the nineties, because it got very buzzy in the nineties too, mm -hmm. for a minute there due to a couple of different things. But most of the time, with the exception of the Lawnmower Man probably being the only, like, commercial example of virtual reality, people trying to use that as a, as a commercial thing, virtual reality, when we were kids, barely ever broke out of anything other than the video game magazines we read or, like, you know, you know like, popular science or, you know what I mean? Like, it, right. it, it just didn't... It stayed inside of the, like, geek nerd community but did not find its way out. This is like you said, Good Morning America. It's McDonald's is investing money at all into something like this because they think it may drive unit sales for them ultimately. Yeah. Go no, you don't no. think so? No, that's the internet just making money. <clears throat> McDonald's though, what does that have to do with the internet? Uh Johnny seen it on insert website here, he wants one. You'll go buy a five dollar my point yeah, though. You'll go buy a five dollar happy meal to shut him up. But that's my <laughs> point though, is is that because yeah, but, but saying, somebody heard something on the internet. But the, saw but the reason the it internet, didn't you know go anywhere when we were kids is because we didn't have Facebook and everything else to slap us in the face for it, and everybody going, uh -huh. "Oh, look at I can just pop up a thing on my screen and sure, sure. sponsored this." And you looked up the word "virtual." I don't oh, know, look at man. That. <laughs> All this news we've been reporting, companies are spending more money on opening and develop development studios for it. Google's going to start developing their own headset now. Like everyone's getting into the game, man. Yeah. You know, I think everyone's investing. Samsung. Let me put it like this to you: I don't think Samsung would be giving away. Gear your VR units with a pre-order of a S7s if they didn't think that they if they weren't trying to build an install base well, for yeah, something yeah. else planned. So I don't know, man. I think I think it's coming. It's worth mentioning, John. I don't, I don't if you said this. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm repeating you, but that mm -hmm. the Happy Meal VR headsets are only going to be available in Sweden to start with. Um, so what, it's, what was that? The... They're, they're only going to be available in Sweden to start. Oh, with. Oh, in Sweden, yeah, yeah. So it's supposed to start there and then test outward, is what they were saying. If it does yeah. well there, then they're planning on doing it everywhere. So. Yeah, and then I just watched a video of uh, the various um, Coca-Cola uh, headsets that they're going to be coming out with. Mm -hmm. Some of them are like. I mean, you've, really, you've got to sit there for a while. It really is like tab A into slot A and like, yeah, you know, yeah, like construct yeah. this thing. A little thing. bit of building. But they have another one that's like a custom case that, has, that holds like a, like two 20-ounce bottles, it looks like. Mm -hmm. And you basically just take out like – it has like two 
So imagine two 20 ounce, 20 ounce like normal bottles of Coke sitting next to each other and then a, a tall box that encompasses that, kind of like a skinnier, like a thinner shoebox kind of mm-hmm. sort of shape. Um, two flaps flip outside on the sides. You take out the bottles and then the part that's still standing up in the middle, you literally just press it down and pop it into place. It's like three seconds to turn it in from a oh, box wow. into a headset. So it's actually kind of, I, I thought it was rather ingenious, actually. Neat. Um, so... Um, <laughs> engineering within engineering mm. to, to yeah yes so to me the um this just uh is is much more about um creative engineering and marketing opportunities and it is about the uh the 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 validation of vr and and inexpensive vr even but either way it's good stuff indeed um you know we've talked about it numerous times on the show uh more vr all the time yes please all right i'm gonna go ahead and move on to number four this week we're going to get a different kind of E3 this year, guys. Um, it seems that uh, some of the people who typically do showings uh, at E3 are not going to be participating this year at all. Um, you know, as of the time of recording of this show, it remains to be seen whether or not there will be more. But uh, E3 has lost four people who typically do showings. Um, Disney is not going to be doing any sort of a showing at E3 this year. Wargaming is not going to be doing any sort of a showing at this year. Now, while they're typically not, you know, headlining, uh, you know, main stage people that you typically watch E3 for, um, we are losing two of the big guys this year. Both Electronic Arts are not going to be there, and um, also um, Ubisoft is not going to be presenting. So Electronic Arts and Ubisoft are not presenting at all at E3 this year. Yeah. Huh. They're both taking the year off. And while, um, you know, they were still, I mean, they're not the big three on their own. They had press conferences. They were they were being heavily featured uh, well, in the last couple of years for their press conferences. Big too. Nintendo be. hasn't been there for a couple yeah, of years now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, so um, you know. So the the article that we're talking about from VentureBeat here uh, says uh, you could call it an exodus now. Electronic Arts said in January that it would drop its booth on the show floor of E3 this year, the game industry's biggest trade show in the U.S. Then Activision Blizzard. Um, the, the biggest U.S. game company dropped out of the show floor earlier this week, and now we've learned that both Wargaming West and Disney Interactive are also abandoning Boo City 3. So, I'm sorry. I have to stop you for a second. So, I originally understood you to mean that they weren't going to be doing, like, their theater, like, their presentations. They're not going to have booths? Not going to have booths. That's either. crazy. No, when I say not no participating show. in E3, I mean nada, man. Yeah, they're not no going to be there. Wow. Yeah. This Nothing. is huge. See what I'm saying? Yeah, wow. Okay. The landscape may be changing here, guys. Um, as E3 is one of the biggest events in gaming, drawing more than 50,000 people and generating billions of media impressions around the world. But in person, trade shows are getting a lot more competition from fan events and live streaming, and that has uh, the potential to hollow out E3's center. Wow. EA will still have a fan event at E3 and an accompanying press event. Rich Taylor, Senior Vice President of Communications at the Entertainment Software Association, said in an interview with GamesBeat. Individual companies will make their own decisions in each iteration of E3, Taylor said. Overall, E3 for the past several years as uh, being among the best shows we have ever experienced. E3 remains a dynamic and valuable and preeminent show of this kind in the world for video games, entertainment, and innovation. It's still the place to be. We have a record number of press briefings this year in the ramp to opening the show. That's an indicator that folks recognize how valuable a launch pad it is. Being a part of E3 adds rocket fuel to the attention and eyeballs and interest in the visibility of new titles and hardware and innovations that our industry produces each and every year. E3 is a strong, critical, and integral part of our video game ecosystem. Sounds more like he's trying to convince people they're still relevant in that statement, but he's still not wrong. It is still the heavy hitter. Um, you know, each of the companies that, that are not participating have individually uh, released press releases as to, you know, what they're doing and why they plan not to do it. I think except for Disney, they don't fucking excuse themselves for anything. 
This this is we we can just hashtag this. Thanks Nintendo. I don't think so. Because everybody's doing. Why would you fly there when you don't have to? I guess I I I can see what he's saying because like Nintendo basically proved that you don't need to show up. They didn't go out of business because they stopped going to E3. Yeah, but let's okay. So let's be fair. Like Nintendo's 2014 showing Mm -hmm. at E3 was outstanding. Like everybody loved it. Everybody was thrilled. Last year's E3 showing was disappointing. People were not happy with that E3 showing. You know, they it was it was basically just a, a. a bigger Nintendo Direct. It wasn't even really that good. You know, the the two years prior to that were much better for Nintendo. But most of these other companies have something that Nintendo doesn't really seem to value, which is an inflated ego. Like, a lot of the, the pomp and circumstance of E3 is, is the hubris of it. Sure. You know, Nintendo is not really... They are that company, but, like, behind closed doors. They don't do... They don't, yeah, you don't see that publicly very no, much. No, yeah, no, yeah, no yeah, not that's at all. True. Yeah, but here's the thing, too. Like you have an inflated ego, that's great. But the accountant in the back door or in the back of the room that cuts your check to fly there says, "No, it's not worth it anymore." <laughs> you don't go. Well, I mean, some of it maybe too. I mean, Ubisoft is not doing an Assassin's Creed this year. There's um, no point in showing. I mean, up. yeah, they the they press conferences for EA and and like Ubisoft and even Activision. What are they all fucking? We're gonna show another Call of Duty game. You gonna do another? You gotta <laughs> yeah. go back to the drawing board. So maybe they're just taking a year off to to. Fill out their their libraries for the following year, you know. Just uh, pep it up a bit, you know. I, I don't mean, know they they might not come back. I mean, I you presi- can slap up a you can good slap make up a, room for up and comers, you know, man. That should be there. You can slap up a. I mean, trade shows, especially now, especially that it's industry only. Trade shows are getting dead because you can just slap up a internet press conference. We can tune into it in our lovely establishments. Still report on E three, yeah, and no one needs to leave their office. I mean, it's, you know, conventions like that and trade shows like that are much more about, I mean, it's, it's, it seems like the, the value that those, that those events really have is for, um, networking, like for the people yeah. who actually oh, yeah, go sure, to sure, sure. And it's, um, you know, it, it's fine for, you know, the, you know, for the ability for, you know, gaming publications, both big and small to be able to go there and like try games before they're out and, um, and, you know, to, to, you know. To be able to report on the upcoming games and you know announcements and stuff like sure. that, but it seems like the real value there is for the networking that actually happens between the professionals that go there, the actual people in the gaming industry going to see each other's stuff and you know shaking hands and all that. Yeah. And so, to me, I think that's it's for that reason that I wasn't surprised when Nintendo pulled out because kind of like what you were just talking about, like Nintendo's their own, they're, they've always been in their own little world. You notice they pulled out when it no longer became a public event, like not right at that time, but they've pulled uh, yeah. out post, yeah. post public event because yeah. a lot of you who are listening may not realize this depending on your age, but at one point E3 was a public event. It was an open trade show like PAX yeah. where anybody could go. And then they closed it off and made it, it was just industry it got, people. It, it outgrew itself. They had to close yeah, it off. Yeah, they had to. And so I understand why they did it. Yeah. But um, that's a good point. It's because Nintendo couldn't connect with the actual fans anymore. But yeah, it's, I, I imagine that that contributed to, to their decision to leave. Um, but um, yeah, so it's, it's, it could be kind of the same thing with EA and Ubisoft. I mean, like, they're so big at this point. I mean, like, I don't know if there's anything that can stop those companies from just continuing on and just doing whatever they're doing. So maybe... It's kind of just like what you guys have both said too. They kind of don't need to go to the yeah. E3 anymore because you know they can just 
put up a video or mm-hmm. just like do send out a press announcement saying like you know announcing Far Cry Primal. You know they yeah. need, they don't need to have a press show to announce it. They can just send it out, and all the gaming publications will, will do their PR work for them, and people go and pre-order it. I mean yeah. that's kind of what happens. So I'm I'm. I, I, I mean, I was initially mainly surprised that I was I was initially mainly not surprised that they weren't going to do their big pomp and circumstance shows because those things cost a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think they they I don't think that they I think they were trying to be like on the same level as like Sony and Microsoft. They probably sure. figured out that they couldn't do that just because of just the nature of things, cross platform stuff. You know, well, yeah, they yeah, they but. said that, I mean the original reason that they they cut all that out is I mean when when E three was a public trade show. Mm-hmm. Um, it became the reason they changed it is they said that the spectacle of everything going on around the games was hurting the games yeah. and the games industry. Yeah. It became about like who had the biggest booth with the the brightest lights, the loudest music and the right. most booth babes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was what it was for a yeah. while, you know, and that was, that was so very nineties, like yeah. late nineties, early two thousands, you know, for that to be the, the atmosphere of it, you right? You can't have booth babes this, in this time. Now, no. I mean, no. they, they God, still they, have them anyways, but just it's muted. They'll boycott you your know? entire brand and put you um, under the ground. But, but they changed it because they said it was going to hurt the, the industry if they didn't. And now what's happened is is it's built back up into a different type of spectacle. Yeah. It's, it's, less, it's less about the noise of it and more about the pomp and circumstance of yeah. it. It's all about who's, who's got the most... Uh, Blazers. Supposed <laughs> supposed clout, yeah. You know what I mean. It's 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 become a, a pissing contest. But um, I I forget which one of you said it, but I actually love the idea that maybe this will give the smaller developers yeah. more of a, a chance to Push be able to uh, you know to stand out now that they don't have those shadows over them. Yeah, literal it. shadows from their booths. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. look, I mean, I suppose you have to have interesting and compelling enough content to, yeah. to host a press conference. But I mean, realistically, Square saw a uh, Square Enix. Um, Ubisoft and um, EA have all been kind of pushing it, having like press conferences. Don't get me wrong; it makes E3 longer, which means that I will sit there and you know cheer and jeer at the screen while drinking beer for yeah. longer. But it's it doesn't necessarily need to be that way, I guess. Sure. I I would actually just rather them focus on um, you know the the big three and maybe like since last year was their first year doing it, take that time and put it towards building the PC E3 showing a little bit better too, mm. because the PC kind of did its big showing last year and it was awkward as fuck, you know? <laughs> so like put the time into revamping that and give that like, instead yeah. of it being the big three, make it the big four because PC is obviously a massive part of gaming yeah. that gets uh, overshadowed at these trade shows. So I don't know. Um, hopefully that, that will be the thing that they do, but uh, I guess we're going to see, you know, needless to say, Gamerhead Radio will be talking about E3 extensively when the time comes. As we do. As we do. Coming in at number three, Palmer Lucky says, We'll make Oculus for Mac when Apple releases a good computer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I do believe they call that shots fired, yes? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Venn diagram of diehard Mac users and virtual reality gaming enthusiasts presumably has a small crossover. Nonetheless, if you are in the middle section, we have some bad news. Palmer Lucky, the founder of Facebook's VR subsidiary Oculus, doesn't think much of your chances of getting high-end VR anytime soon, and he's getting mean about it. Speaking to Shaq News, Lucky was asked why it is that the Oculus Rift, which should be released late this month, doesn't work with Macs. His response? That is up to Apple. If they ever release a good computer, we will do it. 
You're shaking your head, Charlie. Why? Uh, no. Is there any more to the article, or is that basically a little bit more? Okay. Um, the 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 person who wrote this article has a, a personal thought on it. To be fair, Lucky wasn't being needlessly cruel. He clarified that his response was specifically focusing on high-end graphics cards needed to run an Oculus Rift, okay. which, which Macs are largely lacking. Uh, he added, you can buy a $6,000 Mac Pro with the top-of-the-line AMD Fire Pro D700 and still doesn't match our recommended specs. So, if they prioritize higher-end GPUs like they used to for a while back in the day, we'd love to support Mac, but right now... There's just not a single machine out there that supports it. Who is the author of the article? The author of this particular article is Alex Hearn Alex, from, uh, from um, The Guardian. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, so just in case you, you, dear listener, have not been paying at all attention to the Mac uh, hardware lineup, the Mac Pro um, that Apple currently sells um, is, is a cylinder. It's it's a lot of people call it like the trash can like it, it, it's it's like a, a black glossy cylinder about uh, probably about 10 inches across 10 12 inches uh, yeah 10 12 inches across a uh, little more than a foot tall and it's not the kind of computer that you can just buy a video card and stick it in like every single Windows PC yes so you're so a very proprietary Apple product completely proprietary yes. yes and so this is probably the kind of thing he's talking about it's you know it was a very divisive a very um, you know controversial decision when um, when Apple came out with this hardware revision I mean sure it looks great sitting on your desk but I mean like you know to, you know you can put more RAM in it and I think you can you, I'm sure you can put like m- probably another hard drive or two or bigger hard drives in it or whatever but I mean as far as like everything else is concerned just like a laptop the, the vast majority of laptops you can't upgrade you know the you know really like the processor or put a video put in a video card and things like that and so the video card options that off, Apple is offering like mentioned in this article are not designed for gaming they're designed for graphics work and things like that which you do not need you know a $1000 graphics card for um um you know, unless you're doing like super, super, super high end, like, um, you know, rendering with like, you know, like unless you're Pixar, you know, kind of a thing, they're not working on Mac. That's not the point. Um, probably. Um, but yeah, so I understand what he's saying. Um, his choice of words are, I'm sure getting, have, uh, livened up his Twitter account. <laughs> oh, I'm certain. I'm certain. But, 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 um, but he's also, I mean, the thing is, is you can, you can say whatever you want. He's, he's not wrong. They can't. He literally says they can't yep. do it yep. right now in the state that they're in. Not, yeah. he, and he was clear, not for a lack of wanting, just right. they can't do it. Because you know? when you first started this article, I was going to point out, well, you can put Windows on a Mac and run it there sure. if the problem is just that it's OS XR software. But yeah, no, if you can't run the graphics hardware. Not even, not yeah. even, not even they're recommended. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it, yeah. I can't even run recommended. Any. So, I mean, Apple does not care about gamers like no, like the kind of all. gamers we're talking about no they no, are they are after artists they are after musicians they are after um designers they are after you know that that entire creative segment of the it's world. a shame for 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 apple users though because a lot of those people who who have those creative minds or do those creative creative things i think would be drawn to virtual reality so i think it would not sure I mean, shit, maybe it would even, in that way we were just talking about proprietary fashion, maybe it would behoove them to just develop something of their own. And not that they're ever going to do that, but... Mm. I mean, if it takes off and it starts to make money, they'll come out with their own. Yeah. And I'm sure it will be good. But, mm. um, because tip- 90% of the time when Apple comes out with something, it's... They, they, they let other companies come out with the thing first. They let those other companies make those first-generation mistakes. And then when Apple comes out with their thing, it's usually pretty good um, you know, for what it is. But, um, yeah. 
No, I don't. So given that and pointing that out, I don't see Oculus ever working on a Mac Pro because unless they decide to move back to a, towards a traditional design where you can buy a video card and stick it in the chassis. But yeah. Not surprised. Not going to happen. Go, does anything about this article surprise you? No, it's Apple. They yeah. don't want anything to do with people who actually know how to run technology. That's how they make money. <laughs> well, I think that's. I get what you. Sorry, mean. your nine year old, your your nine year old, or your 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 grandparent doesn't need fucking wide view virtual reality, and Apple doesn't care. They want their nine hundred dollars out of them. Me, <laughs> yeah. yeah. huh. they're not hurting. I mean, like Charlie said, I, I agree with them. Once once it becomes a huge thing. The the V pad will come out and it'll be nineteen thousand dollars and it'll come out every six months and you'll buy it. Until then no. They won't want anything to do with you. Yeah. Pretty much that. Womp womp. The only thing that they could figure out in the meantime is that um, using some sort of external graphics card that you could plug in, which I know has been a thing that a couple companies have tried. Like, um, uh, I can't remember any of the brands off the top of my head, but I know some people have tried like an external video card with like a laptop so that like if it's like a desktop replacement, you can use your laptop and like do high end gaming on like, you know, more than what you find in laptop you sure. know, GPU offerings. Um, a couple uh, a couple people have tried that. It hasn't really caught on. Hmm. Um, but you know, if uh, if Apple were to take like its um, you know, its its faster interfaces, um, the um, like you know, like a Thunderbolt, like the new Thunderbolt Thunderbolt two that's coming out, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's out. Maybe it is. Um, but I mean that I, that probably has the bandwidth to be able to support an external you know high end graphics card. Mm-hmm. Apple would just need to make a chassis to stick it in, and then get AMD or uh, Nvidia to write the drivers to get it to run on the PC or, or on the Mac. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. Possible, but not gonna happen. Until no. then. Mac users are so lonely, man. <laughs> they have been for so, like, so lonely ever. <laughs> oh well, have fun floating around on. Send your, your hate mail to editors at gamerheadradio dot com. Have fun floating around on your your lonely, expensive desert island. <laughs> Moving on to number two before people start getting angry at me. Street Fighter Five looks to have been a pretty big flop. Street Fighter V got off to a shoddy start in the UK sales chart and did similarly sucky in its home nation of Japan, which I think is very surprising. Um, you know, but there was still the hope that maybe it would find its feet digitally on the PlayStation Store. That does not appear to be the case. In fact, the mechanically masterful brawler couldn't even break February's PlayStation Top 20 in Europe. Uh, while it squeezed into fifth place in North America, there's still a small glimmer of hope, though, that the States may pick up some of the slack. But given how poorly it's done everywhere else, um, most people are not expecting it to do much better. It's not massively surprising, of course, considering some of the controversy that surrounded the game's release. The game lacks core features such as an arcade mode, uh, but it is a shame to see a release with such a fantastic fighting flounder like this. Not to mention, Street Fighter is like, if there is any fighting game that people can name off the top of their head, this is the one that, this is like the pedigree that birthed all the others, you know what I mean? So to, to have it treated like this is not a good thing. Um, you know, uh, even more surprising, um, Firewatch beat Street Fighter. Like Firewatch outsold Street Fighter. You know, uh, in the in the in the week that they were both released together, uh, which is really really great for the company that publishes Firewatch, yeah. Campo Santo. Really not good for Capcom. No. They're uh, not doing well right now. Looking at reviews and just the reaction and everything, I'm not surprised that Firewatch sold, sold more copies. Yeah. I would have never anticipated it. No. In a, in a million years. Did you um, ever think that we'd be living in an age where Capcom would ship a like 70% version of one of their flagship titles that, that a Street Fighter game would sell this poorly? Because they never sell like this. Two, three years ago, definitely not. 
just uh, my, my my faith in companies in general shipping completed games has been waning over the last year. It's or two. Rough, we, we've man. talked about that. Um, yeah, but yeah. it's almost it's almost becoming offensive at this point. Yeah, it's almost it's, condescending. Yeah, it, when it's this bad. Yeah, yeah. We were going to cover this story last week because technically it, the game was out and a lot of this feedback was already in the air. But we wanted to give it some time to let it kind of you know simmer and you know just kind of see the reaction the fallout and everything just see this if they where it's landed see if they managed to pick it up and like you know you know get the problems corrected quickly because like with the server issues and things like that with how badly matches were timing out and just all the server problems you know if they were able to patch it in a couple days i mean bad but okay but yeah. i mean it's not from what i understand it is not better our very own uh, b squad co-host brian lesser has been kind of chronicling his problems with it online too on facebook he's been talking about server disconnections and that's a whole other thing is um you know the the matchmaking system people are dropping out left and right they're not finishing matches and people are a little pissed at capcom for this as well because we're living in an age where a game like killer instinct just takes people who quit and then puts them in jail with other quitters so if they quit they're just fucking each other and keeps them (laughs) away from the good players like this exists it's not like this is not an understood concept so why one of the biggest fighting game franchises in that community by one of the biggest and well, I would say most well respected, but their respect has been waning for a long time. Capcom's, uh, you know, development companies in Japan, why this wasn't implemented or maybe wasn't thought to be implemented. People are scratching their heads. The entire thing is a misfire. And what's fucked up about it is everything about this launch leading up to it indicated that it would be a, a, a swing and a hit. And it's just not, it's not going, they're not doing what they did with Street Fighter 4 or even, you know, 3 to a degree, you know, Um, and it's a shame because there's no reason why this game should not have been shipped, finished. No. No excuse. Fighting games are barely robust as it is, you know. You're asking a lot from people at $60 for a game where you just punch the shit out of each other with very little narrative or much to do otherwise. If you're going to not even put an arcade mode in, well, come on, man. You know. Yeah, and it's with all the stuff that's missing, you know, if they decide to add it later, you know, I'm sure somebody at this point has gotten into the file system on the disc. And if there was like on disk content that was locked or whatever, we would have heard about it by now. But, mm-hmm. you know, if it was, I mean, that would be just like the icing on the proverbial cake here yeah. is that, you know, if they if they leave so much out of the game and it turns out that, you know, they add any of it later and any of it is on disk. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be real bad for Capcom. So I just... I mean, the hope for them, I guess, that that's not the case, but yeesh. It's just getting to a point where with all of the damage control these companies have had to do in the last two years in yeah. particular, you would think with all of these other companies bowing out of this behavior that somebody would learn from it. You know, because the I'm sorry I robbed you apology is getting really old, man. <laughs> You know, I mean, if you if you were dumb enough to buy a game that you know is half finished, that's on you, man. You know, that if that was your choice, fine, as long as you're happy with it. But this is one of those games that there was no indication that this wouldn't ship finished. It wouldn't ship finished. So, and it's disappointing a lot of people because this happens in a lot of other genres. This doesn't really happen in the fighting game community. Killer Instinct ships in chunks because it was developed to be that way, and they were very transparent about it at the outset. Yep. But most fighting games don't ship like this, so a lot of people in this community are really pissed about it, especially because this is their baby, man. This is the big one. So, kind of a bummer. Goat, you've got a shit-eating grin. I'm terrified. I just love you boys and your naivety and good-heartedness. 
No, this no. Is the, no, 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 no. What you just summed it all up perfectly. Well, it says Street Fighter. I'll buy it. You fucking schmuck. Thank you for the money. Bye. That's <laughs> it. But the thing is, is that in the next one you do the whole. Oh, I'm sorry, John. I swear to God, it's good. It's good. It's good. No, no, no. It's and not... then you buy it again. You're on. It took you two. One, two, two, couple of Assassin's Creeds before you're like, wait it's a minute, not, it took hold me on. One Assassin's Creed. <laughs> it's not naivety. It is. I feel like we, as people who came from a very specific generation, have a responsibility to remind people who are younger than we are that grew are growing up in this current age of gaming where it is acceptable to rip people off. It's almost become expected for game companies to rip the rip people off who buy the games because the people that they're selling to now aren't us specifically. It's the next up and coming group of people that they have figured out how to exploit in this way where they don't know any different. I feel like we have a responsibility to remind those people, hey, kids, we paid full price for games and got the whole fucking thing. No day one patches, no DLC, no on-disc content locked, no we'll give it to you when it's finished, but we want the money now. No um, early access, um, we're still developing it, but pay for it now. No Kickstarter, no GoFundMe. It was just, it was as simple as you went to the store, you bought the game, you took it home, you opened it, you put it in, and you played the fucking thing until it was finished. That's it. I feel like we have a responsibility to remind people that it wasn't always this way, and it's not fucking acceptable. That's it. I get, I get fiery on this, man. Passionate about John, this John, fucking... John, it's acceptable. We've been doing it for years. We live in the world where you can lease a car now. Back in our day, we used to buy no, cars. I, look, no, just because... You borrow just, cars. I'm going to quote Chris Rock. You can drive a car with your feet. That don't mean it's to be done. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you You're should. You're old. It's all this, John. You're old. I am fucking old, and I'm so salty. Anyways. <laughs> um, and the all... all the, 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 myself being the, the eternal... Compromise or pacifist? I agree with both of you. <laughs> it's. I mean, you're. I mean, yes. Goat. You're right. It's like companies. At the end of the, I, I think. I think I went off on this either last episode or the one before. Is that you pretty know, common like, with you two lately? Like, God damn it, well, America's changing no, 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 in a no, no, shithole. Mike no, no, here. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> yes, but it was. It was either last week or the week before where I went off on my thing about how, um, you know, it's. Uh, you know, companies are getting used to the idea. Of and you know companies are businesses and sure there are artists and there are people who care very deeply in those companies mm-hmm. about the art that they are producing but yeah. the people at the top with these with these big companies with Capcom the bean counters mm-hmm. you know the, the C the CEOs and the the vice presidents and all well, those, the those CFOs people. let's be honest all the C's all the C <laughs> yeah. level people they don't. I'm speaking generally here, of course, but the majority of them do not care about the art. No, they, they no, care no, no, about no. the money. They care about their shareholders. I'm not even they talking care about, about the their art. stock price. And so they it's, care about the color black. Yes, and exactly. And <laughs> so it's in you know it's taking that into consideration. I, this does not surprise me. No, no, and it doesn't I, surprise I hate that it doesn't surprise me <laughs> at all. To be clear. I know it's all business. I get it. I understand it. What I'm saying is, is they won't do these things if you, if you don't fucking buy what they're selling. Have some fucking self-control. That's my biggest problem is I expect people to have self-control when it comes to buying shit that they know that they're getting ripped yeah. off on. Because if you keep doing it, then they will keep doing it to you. John? They'll stop doing it when they stop lining up around the block for iPhones. That's my point. <laughs> they're, they're nice, though. They'll be nice. They'll sell you a pile of shit. You've let them shit in your yard. And they'll sell you the pooper scooper to clean it up after them oh, that's for a nominal subscription fee. So fucking nefarious. 
We can move on to number one before I burn the studio down. That's fair. But yeah, I feel like we're on the, the cusp of a very large conversation. So yeah, We are. That. We are. And maybe we should save this for a round table. Yeah. Um, moving on to number one this week. Let's talk about uh, Microsoft and Epic. Um, there, was a, there was a bit of a throwdown this week. Um, you know, Microsoft has made it very clear that they're going to be making a lot of their games cross-platform between the Xbox One and the PC. Which a lot of people who already own Xbox Ones are fucking thrilled, man. Because then you get to play games. I'm thrilled. I like to play Killer Instinct with my brother. I'm the one who's shocked that it taken this long. Yeah. yeah Windows yeah. owns both. Like, who is the guy who's been on lunch for the last three years? Yeah. Well, they, they intentionally did not do it for a long time. If you remember that they tried this with Shadowrun back on mm-hmm. the 360. Yep. And every single console player got murdered by every PC player because... Mouse and keyboard. Well, yeah, yeah, but keyboard. Not, yeah, but yeah. But, I mean, Which not, I would love to see a scientific throwdown on that yeah. because I yeah. guarantee you I could go toe-to-toe with a PC player on yeah. a controller so, and vice versa. But yeah. I was shocked when they, they, when they like, tenified their entire brand. They just weren't like, oh, by the way, they all talk to each other. Yeah, I feel like it was intentional that they didn't for a while mm. for for various reasons. But yeah, well, anyways. it's like take take a, a look at um, what's that game coming out with uh, Sean Ashmore in it? Um, they, Quantum Break. Mm-hmm. If you pre-order Quantum Break on the Xbox One, you get a free copy of it for the PC. I mean, they're they're going to start doing this with a lot of the major titles. Yeah. Um, well, that way, if you get murdered with your controller, you can just go over to your mouse and keyboard. Well, assuming you have one, but yes. <laughs> Wait, well, you're telling me not everybody has a gaming rig? No, no, sadly <laughs> not. Um, Damn it! I thought I had my own club. <laughs> while a lot of a lot of people on both sides, because there are a lot of PC gamers who are happy with this because they have friends that don't play on the PC sure. platform. I mean, I mean like um, PC Master Race is, of course, being PC Master Race, and they're like, whatever, I guess, you know. Um, but the uh, Xbox fans are really happy about free it. experience. I yeah. can murder a bunch. Most of Most people are kids. just happy that you're getting two copies of the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, between two platforms. You know what I mean. Uh, but uh, the the head of Epic Games, Tim Sweeney, had some really really harsh words um, for for Microsoft over this, um, going so far as to saying that they're 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 trying to monopolize the the PC gaming market. That we should not allow them to do this. That we should stand up against what they're doing and and all fight to to keep PC gaming out of Microsoft's hands. I really really think that uh, that he is overestimating what this is going to do. And kind of underestimating Steam's install base, I don't think this is really going to put a dent in in, in what what Valve is doing with Steam personally. Um, but uh, I'm sure Charlie, you we kind of alluded to earlier in the show that you you you've been following this story as well, haven't you? Well, I've only a bit just because I wanted to see how this played out because I I I got the sense that. That, this, that there may be some comments here out of context and misinterpreted because some of the things that Microsoft is saying just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I'm, I'm, trying, to get, I'm trying to wrap my head around exactly what it is they're saying that they're trying to do. Well, this is what Tim Sweeney said. So the, it, all of this originates from an article that was published in The Guardian, okay? It was an opinion piece. Um, Sweeney focused specifically on the UWP platform or the Universal Windows Platform Initiative, That is part of Windows 10. He lambasted UWP as a, quote, closed platform within a platform, calling it Microsoft's, quote, first apparent step toward locking down the consumer PC ecosystem and monopolizing app distribution and commerce. So that is his primary platform for the accusation on this. He's he's saying that they're trying to um, monopolize, which 
I don't necessarily think is a, a fair statement, personally. Yeah, I mean, because Microsoft clearly looks at the App Store, Apple's App Store, and they see these the, the, the success that it has, the ease that it has to manage and worry about. I mean, like, the fact that Apple does not have to worry about on an iPad or an iPhone where various... We keep talking about Apple on this episode. Um, that they don't have to worry about where apps are coming from they know that you know unless somebody jailbreaks their device in which case you're on your own you know for as far as what they are officially supporting and care about they only have to worry about stuff coming from a single source their own mm. app store sure and so if there's a problem with something if something gets on there that is doing things it shouldn't do they, they, they just press a button pull the plug and it's gone they can even reach in and pull that app off of people's devices if they really wanted to mm. um you know if it's something like malicious like Which a virus or something creeps me out <laughs> well yeah welcome to the internet um but uh the you know microsoft looks at that and they look at the i mean when every month there's a thing called patch tuesday patch tuesday is is the second tuesday of the month where microsoft releases all of its patches for all of its various platforms and and office and windows and just all all its stuff you know the mm. patches patch tuesday it's a thing and Apple doesn't have that. And the reason that they don't have that is because just, you know, what they have is a lot simpler. They have a lot less to worry about. And so it makes all the sense in the world that Microsoft looks at that and says, we kind of, we want that simplicity. Like, that is very attractive to us. But at the same time, Photoshop, you know, all these things, you know, yeah. all, all this, all these things, all these games, Steam, you know, all, all this, you know, it's, you know, it's, you, you, you can't have one there's very little room for a middle ground there. And so it seems like what Tim Sweetie is worried about is that with Microsoft steps towards, you know, you know, being able to make it so easy for developers and attractive for developers to be able to, you know, write an app once and have it work on mm. basically three different platforms all at once. Yeah. Um, that he's worried that Microsoft is eventually going to come out with a windows that basically is like Windows RT was, which if you have no idea what I'm talking about there, this is the version of Windows that came out alongside Windows 8 that ran on their Surface tablets, not the Surface Pros, the regular Surfaces, and only ran apps off of Microsoft's app stores. They yeah. did not run, like, you couldn't go and download an app. You couldn't go download Adobe Reader off of there. You had to get it from the Microsoft, you know, application store. Yeah. And um, sure, those devices are easy to support, but developers looked at that at the time and said, no, we're not going to, like, create this entire custom version for, like, this one thing, for this one for this one product that nobody's buying yeah. because everybody, you know, like the, the pro products did a lot better because they could run everything. They're a computer. Yeah. And so, you know, but now that Microsoft has kind of taken that initial concept and made it a lot more attractive. It's like, yeah, it'll run on the Xbox now, mm -hmm. the Xbox one. And, and, you know, for, for as long as it sticks around and for whatever it continues to do, it can run on, you know, the windows mobile devices, which depending on the app could be very attractive. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it sounds like Tim Sweeney is worried about the Microsoft is trying to go down that road again and, you know, completely move away from the possibility to be able to install apps from anywhere other than Microsoft's own app store. Sure. Um, which, on, you know, in the Apple model is a pain in the ass for developers. I can say that because I am one in this particular aspect. I do this, mm. you know, I've, I've, I have an Apple developer account. You know, I don't write the code, but I've had to deal with submitting apps and having them rejected for very stupid reasons. Um, um, 
But th- there is another possibility here, which I'm not sure that Tim Sweeney is considering, and that's the Android model. And mm-hmm. that's where Android, they have their own app store, they have their own stuff, and it all works great and fine. But if you want to, you can go install the Amazon app store and download stuff from Amazon. And mm-hmm. there's other various app stores and various, you know, things that you, you know, places where you can get stuff from. And you can go on, you can go uncheck this box in settings. It says allow apps to be installed from anywhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's done at the consumer's risk, but you can do it, you know. And so... I have a. I have to assume that with the install base that Windows has, and with just the way that their ecosystem is, that if Microsoft were to ever to really go down this road again, it would have to be closer to that. I can't see Microsoft ever saying, ever putting out like a full proper version of Windows that only does apps, and you can't put Steam on it. That yeah, just yeah, yeah. seems like suicide to me. Yeah, I don't think the, the landscape is not there. But they did. I mean, the story, the plot thickens because Microsoft did have a response to this. Okay. So what they said was, is the universal Windows platform is a fully open ecosystem available to every developer that can be supported by any store, said Kevin Gallo, corporate vice president of Windows and Microsoft. Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, with whom Sweeney discussed UWP over the past 18 months, echoed those comments on Twitter. So he got some support on that. Um, Gallo also refuted Sweeney's claim that Microsoft makes it difficult to, quote, sideload UWP apps, that is, to download and install UWP apps outside of the Windows store. That has been the case. Uh, that had been the case at the launch of Windows 10 in July 2015, when users had to dig down into the system settings to enable sideloading. But Gallo said that November update to Windows 10 enabled people to easily sideload apps by default, with no user experience required. Hmm. So Spencer's tweet uh, tweet linked to a blog post from Gallo published from last week, in which Gallo provided further details on Microsoft's efforts to facilitate porting apps from other programming languages and platforms to the UWP. Um, the company recently acquired uh, Xamarin, which will give UWP developers the ability to build apps with native experience for Windows, Android, and iOS. Sweeney characterized Microsoft's response as uh, promising but still has concerns. He said, I like the sound of this and look forward to thorough technical uh, details on UWP's planned openness um, you know, and build. Uh, but in, he said all this on Twitter, uh, referring to Microsoft's annual developer conference. Build 2016 will take place March 30th through April 1st in San Francisco. In additional tweets, Sweeney's di- Sweeney discussed his remaining reservations about U, uh, UWP, such as whether Microsoft will provide, quote, sensible means for Windows 10 users to download and install the UWP apps from the web. I feel like they told him that they were going to do that, but he's saying it again anyways. So it sounds to me like he's he was not... Um, not reneging on what he had to say, but it sounds like maybe he was not current on what Microsoft is doing because he seemed to not even realize yeah. that, that side loading had been simplified since November. So maybe he just, maybe he kind of stuck his foot in his mouth a little bit. That's what it's sounding like to me. Yeah. And with, with his response, that sounds like tactful backtracking. <laughs> Very tactful <laughs> backtracking. Just kidding, guys. Sorry. Yep. It's cool. Uh, keep, keep up the good work, eh? Please, so, please let us put our next games on. Uh, the platform. And yeah, and this this sounds exactly like the Android model, like I was just talking about, and that's that's perfect. I don't, I have absolutely no problems with Microsoft going that route. Excellent. Um, well, you know, I mean, it seems like uh, this week there was a little bit of turmoil in the uh, in the gaming industry. Some uh, fists flying, words flying, shots fired, and uh, fucking Street Fighter. Goddamn. Um, but I do believe that that uh, it's going to do it for us this week in the news, guys. Trying to think of some sort of transition. How do we go from that to Zelda? All right, let's let's move away from the the dark and angry world of modern video game design and 
Step foot into the beautiful, colorful world of Hyrule. I got, I got, I got, I got. Oh, let's talk about the legend of the Legend of Zelda. No, the uh, the, we can do, we can do the, I can do the transition. We can swing out of this with a link between worlds reference. I should do that. (laughs) that, I should do that last bit where I'm talking about, and you can go, hey, listen. (laughs) You can cut me off. There we go. All right, go. Um. So all this turmoil in the Newsweek this world, I I think it's uh, maybe time to uh, wrap up. Listen. Oh, is it already that time? Let's talk about The Legend of Zelda, guys. All right, so this week, uh, with the release of, uh, well, the re-release of... (laughs) A Wii game on the Wii U, which is a re-release of the Wii. Anyway, He's squinting <laughs> so hard, it's making his head hurt. The 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 thing that is Twilight Princess HD and Amiibo has come out this week, so we figured we would talk a little, uh, you know, a little Zelda here, because that's what we do with the relevance. So go out of the three of us. I feel like I'm safe in saying, mm-hmm. definitely as far as I'm concerned, I believe John, as far as you concerned, that go you are by far the largest Zelda fan sitting in this room. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it probably goes go. Then me, then you. I'd agree with that. Yeah. And so, um, um, so go just. Am I like the Nintendo boy in this room? Like um, unbeknownst, I, I think I'm I like think, the Poke expert. I'm yeah. the Zelda expert. Yeah, yeah I, I'd say. I'd I think say we're so. all pro Nintendo, but I think you probably you're probably more diehard than we are. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. So 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 go. What was what was the first Zelda game you played? Zelda one. Like the original. Mm, 1986. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm and, old. And what was it about it that 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 pleased you. Um, well, I mean, the, the, I mean, let's be honest. The what got me into it is, and children, stick to stick stick to the radio here <laughs> or the the device. Sorry, I'm okay. using old terms. Nobody listens to the radio. Uh, <laughs> back in the day, we played whatever came out because it came out so few and far between. We didn't have 50 releases a week to pick from. Yeah. So they came out with the game, and you went and got the game, and you went from there. That's how I got into Zelda. That and it was in a gold cartridge. That that was mind blowing. A fine example of like very early Nintendo doing what Nintendo does type stuff. We're gonna make this stand out by making it gold. Yep. Little like, did they like, know that became a a staple. The gold standard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh. Finally, the dad makes a dad there joke. Yeah, there it's it been is. a couple weeks. Um. Yeah, and and just like like straight up like mirror, you can do your hair in it like like. Gold, gold, too. like. Yeah. I mean, see, Charlie makes everything so nice and bubbly. But ladies it was, and gentlemen, no, no, ladies and gentlemen, this was like fucking Krylon spray paint gold. <laughs> Still see your reflection <laughs> and do your hair. Yeah. He's not wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. Distorted. When it was the eighties, that's where the flock of seagulls circuit came from. There you go. See, <laughs> my first experience was was with Legend of Zelda as well too. And uh, but I remember like that game was so goddamn hard. It was so hard. Oh it yeah. Was so I I remember playing it. And it was like, I would just walk randomly in directions and go, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, yeah. it's, because no game gave you that kind of freedom then. You know, that That's was, that thing, was like yeah. open world on a level yeah. of like an Elder Scrolls game at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you could just yeah. go anywhere and stab anything. At that point, yeah, that was like probably the biggest, literally the biggest game out where you just, you could go right for it was like Hour. that and Metal Gear were the two that were you just scrolled randomly and you yeah. had to know exactly what to do yeah. and have the right. And I remember playing it and going, 
this is so hard. Oh my God. I'm putting double dragon back in because <laughs> <laughs> you could just, you know, it's easy. Yep. So, but I, I mean, I liked it, but I, I, it took me a while to get on board because then I played Legend of Zelda 2 and that's a different thing. Did you, did, what was your first Zelda game, Charlie? So I, I did try Legend of Zelda back when it was originally out, like you guys, but it, it did not, um, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't keep me. No. I, uh, I, I couldn't, uh. You missed an opportunity there. Hmm. You, you could have totally just baited him and been like, well, this week, like I said. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I don't think um, anybody would even fucking believe that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I did, I did try it. Um, I never tried, and, and, so you took a hiatus. You did one. You were like, "I get it. I don't want it." Yeah. And then you waited till it got better and came back to well, it. Well, I waited too long. Is my problem? Oh, the, the, when did you check back in? Uh, Ocarina of Time. Holy hell! Uh-huh. Wow, I you missed a one, lot. One of my biggest regrets is that I did not play Link to the Past. Have you still to this day not completed have, Link to the Past? I've never touched it. Really? You, never oh. touched it. I, I'm telling you this right now. Mm-hmm. If and when you do, because you should. We can make this happen. You will be stunned at how good that game is. I don't doubt age. it. It is. That game has aged so well. It's mm. yes. unbelievable. If you want, I can bring the hardware. <laughs> and I have the cartridge to bring you. It, the graphics aren't going to wow you. I'm no, sorry. No, I, I, I understand. <laughs> no, the graphics this, even still look really good yeah, for Yeah, they're pretty age. wowing for well, what they are. Is this available on Virtual Console? Uh, Not no, yet. No. no. Well, Nintendo, what the hell? Um, so, yeah, it's... No, I... I'm sure I would love it. I, I have no doubt with 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 the with the feedback that I've heard and just like the constant accolades. Anytime anybody says "Link to the Past," I mean, like, well, it's hang the out standard. to the mailbag. You'll see what I'm talking about. It set and, the standard. Like yeah. everything that's come after it, I think has been very heavily influenced by "Link to the yeah. Past." No, I'm I'm sure I'm I am certain that when I said that, multiple listeners like threw something or did a spit take or something. So I'm sorry if you were drinking. I should have I should have warned you. Live Googling has made your life a lot better. Uh-huh. Um, with, with this, for a, uh, $8, uh, oh, you can good. purchase it on the Wii U uh, eShop as of January 30th, 2014. Okay, so it is available. So I like, mean, That seems weird. And I think it's coming to 3DS real soon, too. It's okay. part of the next yeah, launch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the idea. It's just you know me and my backlog, so I don't... Oh, yeah, I don't uh, But no, I know. I know it is as good as everybody says. It is sure. because you don't... I mean, we... we the feedback is not that consistent if some people are wrong. Yeah, it's just and one so, of those weird things. It's not like, you know, like in the world of Final Fantasy, people will argue over which of their, like, the, the Final Fantasy games are their favorite installment. Like, my our generation is like, Final Fantasy Seven, And then people who are younger than we are are just like, fuck that game, dude. Like, you're wrong. It's 9 or 10. Nobody in the in the Legend of Zelda community really seems to dispute if you, I don't. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about Link to the Past that just didn't like that style of game, period. Right. Weird. So I'm supposed to like seven because of my age? <laughs> no, no. I'm saying that that predominantly the people who tend to defend that game are in this age group because oh. it that was the thing that was a big deal at our time. Okay. So, um, I think your guys' opinions on Link to the Past are very clear. Excellent. <laughs> but, Excellent. Uh, now, so before we move on to like the, the Super the, the Nintendo 64 and onwards era. Um, what about all the other stuff <laughs> that came you mean, like, out? All the Game Boy games, the Game Boy the, games, the other unfortunate uh, incarnations of of that had the the the, the name the CDI Link, Link or Zelda on them. Yeah. the various stuff. Have you guys had any experience with those? The Philips CDI? Or no, that was a 3DO. The no, Philips made the CDI as well, yeah. didn't they? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, no, they made no, two failed it was, fucking. Was it Philips or Panasonic? Panasonic made the 3DO. Yeah, Philips made the CDI. Yes. That's what it was. Yes, um, I've that, that seen is... them, and I, they're on my list to get, but they're very sought after. Do you never put your hands on the game? You uh, never tried. It? No, they were very. It, 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 I got when it was relevant. It, it was. The, Upper crust gaming. Let's be honest. Yeah. It, was, it was an Oculus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to try it in a department store in California when I lived in California as a kid, and <laughs> was so stoked. I was so excited by the concept of the CDI that it sounded like it was going to be a powerhouse. And then I played it, and I was just like, "Well, then, I guess not." <laughs> you weren't impressed, I take it. No, <laughs> so bad, so bad. Like, pretty sure the Atari Jaguar was a better experience. Definitely a better name. So, well, um, now, so what do you guys think it is about the formula of Zelda that, that, that with, with especially like A Link to the Past, what is it about this game that you feel has enabled it to stand up so well against the test of time or other games that at the time were just as good, but have not? A genuine charm. Yeah. A, a genuine, like not trying too hard. It's a very earnest little game. All of them, even even the the few that I don't like. And there are a few I don't like. See, and I think and, and Pokemon's the same way. Mm. The simplicity. You're this dude. You're trying to get her. You're saving the world. It, it, it's it. There's not like the the fun is in the lack of detail. You know, you have your plot. It's eh, your basic plot, and you want to see how it plays out this time. Sure. You know, that's not because there's like a lot of games you get like Metal Gear and stuff like that. You get you you can get lost in in the bullshit. I did yeah, get lost. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 you in it's a true Nintendo game. Like you sit down and you're like, I'm gonna play a Zelda. You ex- it, it hasn't changed. It's it's Nintendo. They're fine. It's like, like Pokemon, so Mario. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. They they didn't need to fix it. It's yeah. you know what you're gonna get every time. How's it gonna play out this time? Right. So I mean, that's why they. I mean. They 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 stand the test of time. Well, the earlier ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair. So then, so then, moving forward, when we get into Nintendo sixty four, um, mm-hmm. I played and loved Ocarina of Time. Well, yeah. Ocarina of Time is the damn Final game. Fantasy seven. Yeah, of Zelda. it's a damn yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of a lot of Legend of That's Zelda fans either like the yeah, it's either for them, it's either Link to Pass or Ocarina mm-hmm. of Time. Those seem to be the two that. And like, I hear more Ocarina. I'd I'd say Ocarina is your se- Final Fantasy seven. And Link to the Past is your final But I got to say, though, I do know a, a large number of people who swear that Majora's Mask obliterates Ocarina of Time because it's it's a little bit of a, a non-traditional Zelda game. It's darker. It's a little more... Um, it's timed. It's, it is timed. I mean, there is a, there is a pressure to, to play, but... It, that, that, that's actually my least favorite. Is it? Is it your least? Well, we'll that's the next <laughs> thing, I guess. Yeah. If, let's get up the line of the things that we enjoy, and then we'll talk about the things we don't care for. Yeah. Um, just to keep this nice and organized. So I'm one of the weird ones who really enjoyed A Link to the Past. Or not Link to the Past. Uh, the Game Boy one. Is it a Link? No. Like the, the Game Boy ones? Yeah. Um, I only played one of the Game Boy ones, and um, it was I'm, it was I'm like the title. Uh, whichever one it, the first one was. I don't remember which one it was. That was the original Game Boy, the first one on the original Game Boy that yeah, had the, yeah. you know, dumpy, you know, spinach original green, spinach yeah. green graphics. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it was at the time it was pretty amazing, but you know those games never were never even close. You know what I mean? Do you think um, that that's, um, that was a a restriction of just the platform and what they had to work with, or yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they still like all of the d- designs for like the dungeons and the levels, and were still very, very thoughtful and very Legend of Zelda. 
it just didn't it's it's funny to say to complain about the graphics of a Game Boy game versus a Super Nintendo game, but they were pretty stark then, still are. Um, but that's the only one of the Game Boy entries I played was the very first one that came out. Link's Awakening. That's Link's ah, Awakening. There yes. you go. That was really good. I owned it. I still have it somewhere. I don't know. I still have my original, you know, Nokia brick Game Boy. <laughs> the oh yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so now Majora's Mask seems to be quite. Um, um, polarizing. It seems it like some people really like it, yeah. you know, and some people really don't because you know, like the, especially like the fact that it's timed. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of a lot of. Ga- do, what's the last game you guys played that had a, t- a timer on it? Like, that? I'm I sure can't, I can't probably Resident Evil Six. Oh yeah, you know, um, I think part of the reason that Majora's Mask was so polarizing is because people who like Majora's Mask seem to like that it had a darker tone and that the timing aspect of it put an urgency into it that you typically don't get from a Legend of Zelda game. So I think they they liked it because it was different because there are the other side of the Zelda Legend of Zelda fans that complain that they're too samey. Like I stopped I know uh, probably two or three people who are like I don't buy them anymore because it's essentially the same fucking game like slightly reskinned, you know what I mean? And just different layout of dungeons. It's not really and there's not enough of a narrative in the Legend of Zelda games. Most of them to make people feel like, well, I got to see what happens because you kind of know what happens, um, for the most part. Um, but uh, go. What else have you played beyond um, Ocarina of Time? And and uh, I've played almost all of them. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Even the little ones, the little Game Boy ones, Minish Cap, Four Swords, all it, like when they when 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 let's get, that'll lead us into this section of 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 link's history uh when he when they 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 went batshit crazy like Nintendo does and we've got like uh four swords you had to buy four different games and play with four different people to finish the game uh minish cap which was like an offshoot it it was like a fucking like uh spin off not a well liked <laughs> yeah game. it was just like yeah. a spin off like, like you know like like home improvement was a great show and then they gave like the little kid mark his own spin off and didn't understand why <laughs> it didn't sell it was yeah. and then and then they did the terrible thing and they gave him transportation based games which behind majora's mask wind waker fucking spirit tracks hourglass Stop. He doesn't need... <laughs> he's got fucking legs. Let him walk. And Epona, yeah, I had yeah. no problem whatsoever with the idea of Wind Waker, but I... 90% of it was on a goddamn boat. still do not like... That's actually my least favorite Legend of Zelda game is Wind Waker. I enjoyed Wind Waker. Um, that's one of the other ones that I did actually play all the way through, actually. But I forget about Wind Waker because it's... it's so forgettable. It barely feels yeah. like a Legend it's, of Zelda it's game. It's very yeah. forgettable. That's the thing. It's like, you know, it's... I, Another polarizing game, yeah. actually. Well, I mean, I feel like I feel like most of the polarization on that game has to do with the art style. Yes, which um, I hate. <laughs> didn't I mean I didn't prefer it? But it's it sufficiently colorful and bright, but I don't. I. It felt it, like it, an unnecessary change. It did. It. Yeah. It felt like maybe they were trying to brighten it up because the last thing before that was Majora's Mask which on was, the primary yeah, line, like yeah. on the console line, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Maybe they wanted to get away from the dark side of it because Majora's Mask didn't sell that well, yeah. at least in contrast. Maybe they were just trying to brighten it up because they thought maybe that's what people were missing. But I've always hated it when games have had a more realistic look to them. Um, even if they're cartoony in design, 
I've always hated it when games had a, a more realistic look and then they go down to like a super cartoony and it's always driven me nuts. They did that with uh, from Final Fantasy 8 to 9. They were fully grown, tall people that looked uh, like adults and then they made Final Fantasy 9 with like super deformed characters that were really, really surreal and strange looking and I found it to be incredibly off-putting even though it was a good game on a narrative level. So never been a fan of that thing, that whole thing. Yeah, the um, yeah the the art style didn't bother me. It felt it felt unnecessary, but I got used to it quick enough. Um, yeah, played really but, well. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know the um the boat transportation, like you know whatever talking dragon boat, me whatever <laughs> took it or left it, but um, yeah, and then left it apparently. Well, uh, no, no, I enjoyed it. No, I mm-hmm. I, I, I played all the way through. Um, I, I played all the way through, it and I I, I liked mm-hmm. it, but um, yeah. Go go. Where do you stand on the on Zelda versus Zelda? Oh, the art style was all right, like whatever. But you did you just didn't care for the game that was no built the fucking underneath the transportation it. games kill me. Like uh, no, mm. get on the boat, go here, do something for four minutes. How is I mean Back aside from boat. just texturing water? How is that much different than him riding a pony everywhere? Because no, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, yes, visually you're looking at it that way, but when you when you take the texture out of it and you be, you make the transportation portion of it very literal, you know what's the difference between traveling on a horse and traveling on a boat if you have My to travel across is, though, a plane? My thing is, is usually optional. Yeah, like it, but you're more, yeah you even use she's more, like more slow travel. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's more of like a fast travel. Yeah, but with like Wind Waker and Spirit Tracks and Hourglass, it was mandated. You had to take this thing to do the thing. Yeah, sure. but why does it matter? I mean, because I'm running around in Twilight Princess just as much as I rode the boat around in when Wind Waker. I mean, like, what's what's the difference at the end of the day? Just like, I, it goes back to like the purest thing, like the first mm, one. That's fair. You're walking around all the time. Like, it it's not broke. Don't fix it. The Twilight Princess is the only mainline game I haven't played in the series. Okay. And I've never wow, you're missing out. Is that single hand. I've heard it was great. I that just, one's number two in my list behind Ocarina. I did wow, not okay. get to... I did not buy a Wii until like... Yesterday. Six months before the Wii U was going to come out. Yeah. Because I... Like 50 bucks on sale somewhere? Library was shit. No, actually I got the, the Super Mario Anniversary oh, nice. red one. That oh. my now ex girlfriend took because she's a butthead. <laughs> um, she didn't damn. even play the damn thing. That's worth um, some money. Yeah, I know. I was bummed out about that. Um, but yeah, so after. that's yeah. the only one I didn't play. You know, and I I really would like to play it. And then the the remaster gives me a good enough reason to do that when I get a Wii U. So, mm-hmm. um, and then you can play Skyward Sword after that. I did play Skyward Sword actually. Okay. Uh, Mr. Ricky Keller was kind enough to get that for me as a, a birthday gift for my thirtieth birthday. So uh, I did play that one actually. I really enjoyed that. Did you get the gold Wii mote? What's that? Did you get the gold Wii mote? No, I didn't do it. It's just a standard one. But yeah. I really liked that game. I know some people didn't care for it. I thought it was great. It was all right. I have not played it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, all the sword stuff, as as novelty as it sounds, worked pretty well actually. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, that's. Uh... And then we yeah we I mean we get up to the them back to normal. There's Link Between Worlds. You'll miss out on Charlie because you refused to buy a 3D. It was so fucking good. I said no need to. And it was really good. <laughs> Me and John will know. I guarantee you, you would play it more than you think you would. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. Uh, it would just, you know what it would end up being? Because mm-hmm. this is how I end up using it. If I do play it during the course of the week, I sacrifice game time on a console to play it. But I wouldn't do that if, if what I wasn't playing was not engaging enough to justify doing so. Yeah. 
No, but you should definitely, or at least borrow one of ours and play them because well, I am about to, fucking good. I am about to take a three day cross country road trip in a couple months here, so maybe I'll maybe I'll think about uh, that. I'll tell you this: um, a 3ds doesn't need uh, Wi Fi on the plane. Yeah, yeah. a no, link between we're, worlds. We're driving. Why? Uh, breweries. Oh, excellent! Wow. Okay. If you do do it though, A Link Between Worlds is a spiritual like sequel to Link to the Past. So a lot of people really enjoyed that one because yeah. it had a. Similar... Oh yeah, you still have to play Link to the Past before yeah. you play Link Between Two Worlds because you won't. Yeah, it won't work uh, out. I mean, like, oh, is no, there... no, it's a spiritual no, success. No, it's just okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. I just it, like, I just like. Feels Rising. very similar. The art design is similar, just in three D. So and then and then well after they did the right thing, this seems to be the Zelda thing. Like they do the right thing one hit two miss, hit and miss and then. They, they they get too comfortable and they go on this wild fucking left field thing <laughs> and uh, they just give us Triforce Heroes which we reviewed on here. Yes. And as John's review said, they went left field hardcore yeah, on this. Yeah. And like I said, like some people are it's it's some people are gonna love it because it's different for Zelda and everybody sometimes people get tired of doing the, the typical Legend of Zelda and they want something different. So this is for those people. Probably the same people who like Minish Cap. And uh, oh, you weird Pinch people! Hourglass, <sighs> and you know, I mean, like, yeah, a lot of the like really odd the offshoots. Yeah, all the offshoots. Um, but as a game, as a whole, it's not a great game. You know, I mean, there's some really strange stuff in it. But then we end with them getting their shit back together because Zelda 2016 will be on the Wii U this holiday season. Is that confirmed? Is it definitely coming out this year? Since 2016, supposed to be this year, yeah. Unless okay. they push it back as of right this second, yeah. Which is yes, Charlie, that is. Certainly, sub, su- certainly subject to change. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, th- th- there's one little aspect to that. I mean, I'm sure that this is another potential 45-minute conversation that we will try and not make it as such. But what are your guys' opinions on the the various timeline theories out there? But I mean, it's a like, bunch of bullshit. Mine's quick. Mine's okay. quick. Don't know. Don't care. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. I go into a Zelda game like I do like a lot of like Final Fantasy. It's the same thing. I go in and I'm like, okay, they all share the same universe. Uh, who cares if they coincide or not? Yeah. This is this game. This is this episode of this world. Give me my episode, and then I'll wait till the next episode. See, and completely forget what happened in this where episode. Where Hironobu Sakaguchi was really smart with Final Fantasy is he made it really clear. These games all share common themes, usually the biggest of those themes being love. But these are not, they're not connected, other than a few, like, sort of, like, recurring canon themes. recurring yeah. themes. That's it. They're not connected. So he saved people a lot of trouble of trying to connect the dots. <laughs> But the Legend of Zelda, I've tried following a few of the various timeline. It's it's a stretch, man. It's all a big reach because there's so little narrative to begin with. Yeah, I love the Legend of Zelda. I have really nothing bad to say about it, but it it is not a great narrative story by any stretch of the imagination. I think at the end of the day, that's the thing that as as listeners of the show know, I mean, I play games for the story. You're a story and guy. So yeah, so that's that's the thing that's hard to keep me to stick around for Zelda games for some of them but um you know it's uh, I find there to be enough interesting going on in Twilight Princess that yeah. it is it, there, it, there it I mean it's the puzzles and the dungeons that keep you you know yeah. so speaking of the chronology or chronology whatever did that word chronology right. yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, there, there's like whatever the Wikipedia I looked it up real quick on Wikipedia in the official in quotations here uh-huh. uh huh uh there's there's four games in the series and it splits into three different like alternate universes yes. kind of a thing? So okay. we have the Legend of series, which is Skyward Sword, Minish Cap, Four Swords, Ocarina of Time. In, then, that, in that order? Yeah. Okay. Then we have The Decline of Hyrule, which is A Link to the Past, Oracle, Seasons and Ages, 
Link's Awakening, A Link Between Two Worlds, Triforce Heroes, I don't know how that works, uh, The Legend of Zelda, and The Adventure of Link. Okay. Okay. The Twilight Realm then has Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, Four Swords. And a new world has Wind Waker, Phantom, Hourglass, and Spirit Tracks, which is all the cel-shaded games, which makes sense. Okay. So they split it in like this whole... But So all the games are in the order that you just yeah. read them, just in like four eras. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All released at like staggeringly different times, though. Yeah. It's really strange. Well, it's like the... I mean, like super, super... So the first... Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the first... Well, just to put this in spec- the, 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 the Legend of Zelda series, the... F- the first of the uh, series came out in 2011, and the last of it came out in 1998. <laughs> clearly, Nintendo's plan all along. Yes, clearly, because they usually have one. <laughs> this is this is why I've adopted the don't know, don't care aspect of this it's timeline. Just, I can see trying to, to do the old, you know, yarn and photograph push pin oh, yeah. map on the wall if if there was this enough mystery. narrative there to connect yeah. there's just nothing there yeah. the and that's thing, that's not a that's not an attack i'm not saying the only, it, there's just yeah. nothing there and so the only thing that makes sense in there is the cell shaded games with their own series yeah <laughs> yeah rabbit hole giant rabbit hole somebody yeah. tried to do the same thing with all of the Mega Man games where they tried to like, oh. piece together they're in chronological order they're called numbers no no I'm talking like battle network and all this shit where oh, they tried okay, no. to piece together which Mega Man from which time and I was just like why are you doing that to yourself well it's like the, the have you read the Pixar theory of all, no. all the Pixar movies are, are connected that's a bunch of bullshit to you I mean it's 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 an interesting read but I'm sure it's I'm, I mean I'm sure it's not true but yeah anyways you know what that is Fandoms with too much time on their hands. That's yeah, what that is. I, yeah. I know nothing about this. this, yeah, this. Couldn't possibly. This. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm glad oh, people yeah, yeah. are getting a lot of yeah. enjoyment out of it. I mean, it's creative thinking for mm-hmm. sure. But uh, but I, I maybe it's just that I don't have time to invest in giving a shit about it. <laughs> stuff like a, that seems it, it, it comes across to me as like Russian roulette. Sure, it's fun to play, but there's better things to do with your time. That's an odd analogy, but okay. It is an odd analogy. He's not wrong, um, but that's strange. I, I I don't know where we go from there. <laughs> Away other, from the blowing your head off. Other than yeah. just to the mailbag, shall we? Shall we? Let's shoot the on over to the mailbag. <laughs> so for our mailbag question this week, we asked, since the Twilight Princess remaster is out today, remembering when it came out on Friday, uh, we're talking Zelda games this week. Which one was your favorite and why? Okay, so we were talking about the uh, the catastrophes that are the CDI games. Uh, just so you know, those were called the Faces of Evil and the ga- uh, Wonders of Gamelon. Um, to the point, they're so terrible, people, that to the point that um, nobody lists them as they ever came out. So, but it, it's relevant here because uh, Mr. Matt Elfring has returned from his hiatus of the show and says, why make a Faces of Evil joke when those are legitimately great games? In fact, I challenge someone to find a, a game better than those three. Personally, I prefer Zelda's Adventure over the other two. Don't get me wrong, those other two Philips CDI games are great, but Zelda's Adventure revolutionized all of the video games. All of the video games. The top-down view was ahead of its time, and finally, we got to play as Zelda, whose name was in every game. It's always about Link. Funk, fuck a bunch of Link. <laughs> This time, Link has been kidnapped, and Zelda has to save him. You know what I like to do in this game? I like to just travel around and avoid the main story so Ganon can go do what he pleases to Link. In fact, I've never beaten the game, so in that universe, Link is probably dead. (laughs) Good rinse. He's overrated. Video games need to focus on well-developed characters that have been outshined because they're cute. Make more Rex Ronin experimental surgical games already, Nintendo. Fuck. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Um, uh, I'm wondering if he's serious. Uh, <laughs> One can never well, tell. He gives us a uh, uh, a long play of uh, Rex Ronan. If you guys are wondering, it's on the Gamerhead page. Um, he said Rex Ronan is ridiculous. Uh, kayfabe off, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, the final boss battle is you just against a drone that gives people cancer or something. So, oh, <laughs> oh god, that's so. There's an SNES title for everybody huh. to play. All right. Uh, and then uh, on a lighter note, question mark. Uh, Mr. Brian Lester has uh, uh, chimed in. He says my pick is going to be the Faces of Evil. You people are ruthless. <laughs> Seems to be a theme. Yes. Mm. Uh, now that I got that joke out of the way, my real answer is. In parentheses, are the Oracle games, which is Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, on the Game Boy Advanced, if I'm correct. Was this like a Pokemon Red and Blue kind of a deal? Oh, yes. Okay. It was in that Four Swords and like, how many games can we get you to buy? <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the stories of each game and liked the idea that either title could be the prequel to the other. As a result, certain dialogue changes in the second game and you get to fight more bosses. Oh, no, so they were completely different games, but they, like, all fit together in some way? Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, the Four Swords thing, and, like, we, yeah, we, you got half the story and the other half the story. It, they were doing some weird shit back then, where you huh. had to buy, like, several copies of things, and they all fit together, puzzle pieces for your Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense, I mean, to the fact that the Game Boy can only handle so much of the cartridge, so if you want to make one massively large Ocarina of Time, you had to cut it into five places. Yeah, it was a weird time. But, uh, well, thank you, guys. Um, Faces of Evil is obviously the favorite here. Yeah, seems like. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take care of the next round here. Um, over in the Players Club, we got some responses from a couple of people. Lou Loman said, The Ocarina of Time Master Quest with a link to the past in a close second. The SNES title will always have a special place in any of my lists, and it is a very good game regardless. But the 3D aspect of Ocarina with the harder dungeons found in Master Quest make it my favorite. Wind Waker is an honorable mention only for the sailing. Uh, and then uh, Ricky Keller said, Link to the Past. It had a, uh, I think it had a great dungeons and music and was overall most well executed. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, what both of those gentlemen said, except for Ocarina, or not, uh, or Wind Waker. No. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're an aquatics man, then sure, yes. sure. And uh, we have a songbird email, as per the usual. Uh, songbird says, uh, "Dear Tectronicorn, Goat, and Fallon Flynn, mailbag answer. My favorite Legend of Zelda game is Star Fox Adventure. <laughs> no, seriously, I have never played a Zelda game, and yes, I was one of those people who thought Zelda was Link until Smash Brothers. I am so sorry. I find that really surprising. Yeah. I'm not not at all criticizing you for no. that, but I find that very surprising. You seem like a very Nintendo centric person, Songbird. Yeah, she's she's." Definitely pro yeah. Nintendo. Yeah, I did not expect this answer at all. Um, She's always on our toes. Like, <laughs> uh, a songbird, remind you'll have to remind us if you have a Wii U, if you do, or maybe even the Wii if it's available there, but uh, you and I might need to um, fix our uh, Link to the Past um, errors maybe together and kind of compare <laughs> notes and see what we think there. Uh, moving on, uh, she says, in regards to the Final Fantasy XIV song sounding somewhat familiar to that Power My 5000 song, um, I guess I can kind of see it as a copy, but uh, but so far I hear similar music whenever I go into a Hot Topic, so surely they can't be playing them all the time. Uh, now, if you want someone even more on the nose, uh, listen to some of this, and she provides a link, uh, that... And yes, this is from Final Fantasy XIV as well, and you won't have to listen to the whole thing as it's a clear, as clear as day of what it rips. Now, I have not tapped the link yet, and I am doing so right now, and so this is going to be a surprise to everybody in the room. Let's see what's about to happen. 
Making Christmas, making... That's what I, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is straight... This is... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that or it kind of reminds me of a couple tunes from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah, making this is Christmas. Halloween. Making, yeah, yeah you're, you're making Christmas. This is Halloween. Well, that's a different, this you know, Halloween. different song, yeah. but same movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm singing the wrong song. <laughs> Anyways, um, this is Halloween. That makes me... yeah. I mean, I was yes. It's it's okay. It's a little bit of both. Of Whatever. That, yeah, yeah it, it sounds um, like a, a blatant Elfring or Elfring. Ha ha. Elfman ah. ripoff. <laughs> And for those that are wondering, that is um, the Good King Moogle theme um, from uh, from Final Fantasy uh, uh, so they, fourteen. Yeah. So they went all out here. I mean, I guess when you're Sp- making Spider, you're not alone. They're ripping off everybody. You're not special anymore. Yeah. <laughs> anymore. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, good point. Um, now, uh, Songbird has an opinion piece for us. Um, Excellent. Um, and so Songbird continues. Uh, you know. Well, I do feel bad about Microsoft pulling a nuts and bolts again, referring to a Banjo-Kazooie. Um, at the same time, a dark part of me feels a bit of satisfaction knowing people who only cared about Conquer for Bad Fur Day or Live and Reloaded are now feeling the same as I do when Rare taunt, uh, tainted him of his innocence from Diddy Kong Racing, where, which is where Conquer mm-hmm. uh, originated. Mm-hmm. He was um, a good guy until he got to the booze. Yeah. That's how that happens. Um, <laughs> continuing the theme of game ripping, Nintendo stated the reason why Federation Force exists is to expand the Metroid universe. Uh, clearly, since almost everyone is upset, do you think there could be uh, anything done to make the game less hated yet still have no playable Samus? Or rather, do you think Nintendo should have went a different route to expand the lore, and if so, how? Um... I mean, I watched Nintendo Direct this weekend, and we talked about it before the show started, and you guys didn't see it, but they did go way, way, way out of their way to try and make that game explain how they're making Justify it its existence? Yeah, yeah. Just explain how it's supposed to be part of the universe and why they didn't go with Samus. Why the nature of the way it was designed would not permit Samus to be a part of it. Um, hmm. I think that there would have been a better... I, I think that this game... They weren't thinking much about it, and then when what happened happened last year, and people were really pissed off about it, they've spent the, la- the time between now and then damage controlling it, and this was their way of trying to squeeze it in there and explain it, but I think that the mistake that they made from the outset was making putting the Metroid name on this game because it didn't belong. And if you saw the way it showed at E3 and the way it looked the other day on, on Nintendo Direct, they've definitely made it look more Metroid. Do you think that my my take on the matter is that people's attachment to the Metroid games is not because of the, it's not it's more about Samus than it is the rest of the Metroid universe. And so to me it seems like the reason why people are upset is because it, 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 it may not even be so much about the gameplay and what kind of game it is. It might be more about the fact that it's not so much that they want a Metroid game. It's that they want a game with Samus in it. I know Probably so. But, I mean, to be fair, isn't that how Nintendo works? If you took if you took Link out of their games for, for Zelda or if you took Mario out of Mario, it doesn't work as well. No, I, well, there was Captain Toad, so it can work okay. But decidedly I, yeah, very but, different kind of see, game. Though. Yeah. Well, yes. Well, so is this. Yeah. Here's yeah. my thing. Here's my thing. And as a Metroid fan, 
she she needs to be there. You're going to slap Metroid on this. You're stuck with her. I'm sorry. Yeah. But this is the equivalent. What they've done is the equivalent of like making like John said, like it is like Legend of Zelda Tingles Adventures. No one would fucking play that because it's not <laughs> it's not Link. It's not Zelda. It's not, it's none of that. Yeah. And this is what that they're doing. They're like, oh, you know that thing. Yeah. You know, or like like uh, uh, like you guys were saying about Halo Five. You didn't like it because Master Chief wasn't even like a big part of it. Yeah. 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 Very true. You you don't play you don't play Halo because you wanted. You know, see Master Chief walk around the back and go, "Hey, Steve, do your thing." Yeah. <laughs> you play yep, to be Master Master Chief. Yep, if that, you've got yep, a exactly. mascot for a franchise, it's hard. You're stuck to, to it. Yep. You put that name on yeah. it; it has to yeah. be in there. It's one thing to expand the universe if you if you have like a mainline game coming out every year. Like it's it's mm. fine for Assassin's Creed to expand their universe when they because have yearly that's releases. How they set it up, yeah. And well, and and because people are getting their regular doses of the thing, the the real thing, the thing that they want. When I remember initially when they announced Assassin's Creed Two, and they said Ezio auditory everyone's like yeah what, what what about altair like people are initially like but they yeah. set the precedent and improved upon the formula and then they set it up so, that way yeah, yeah yeah and they built it that way and and even look at the at mario games like you know with the mainline mario games you know like all the mario spin-offs like you know all the sports games and all that all the all the, you know mario all the, Kart all and the, like that. all the fluffy Crap. Those games would be literally no different whatsoever if Mario proper was not in them. No, right. Well, I laughed while I was watching Nintendo Direct with Megan sitting next to me, and they did uh, this really big presentation of Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, and I was like, oh, "Gives a fuck." <laughs> Especially the Sonic characters. I was like, "I can only name four of those characters. The rest of them all look the same." Yeah, but um, the. Uh, you know, I think that's the difference. It's like if you're going to expand the universe, and if you want Metroid and and the Metroid world to be more like Mario, where you've got all these different things, yeah. that's fine as long as you're coming out with actual Samus Metroid games every other mm. year at least. Yeah, I think I think that's where the big well, and even then they could have called it like Metroid Cadets. They could have called it. They, they, they could have left Metroid completely off of it and just called it blah 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 blah. Just Federation <laughs> Force. I yeah. mean, like yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think the the fact that well, I don't think anybody would buy it if the word well, I don't think anybody's gonna buy it anyways. I think less people would buy it if the word Metroid wasn't even on there. Some people will just buy it because the word Metroid is on the package. Just, be- just, just, just because, it because sim- it says Nintendo on it. Well, there's that too. But I think just like there are people who buy Street Fighter because it says Street Fighter yeah. without having any idea hey, what's in the package. This is gonna be the same thing I'll for tell you some right people. Now, I've drank yeah. the grape cooler. I'm gonna buy it just to see how much of a train wreck it is. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but so so to answer her question, um, um. Do you think that there's anything that could be done to make the game less hated yet still have no playable Samus? Yeah, no. we've covered this. You can put Samus in it if it's got Metroid on the title or yeah, take yeah. Metroid based off the damn box. I, based on what I saw in the Nintendo Direct the other day, I think they've done everything they can do because it certainly looks more like a Metroid game, yeah. but I don't think it's going to okay. fix anything. And then uh, the other half of her question was, is, um, do you think that, so? Do you think Nintendo should have gone a different route to expand the lore, and if so, how? Yeah, I think we covered that. If so, yeah. how? If so, um, how? Like I said, make it uh, more... Don't, unless you have an actual Metroid. Some of the, the, is my answer. kind of like pre-rendered cutscene stuff in uh, Other M kind of showed you visually what things kind of looked like. That why, would you, why would you do that? That word, I'm you, not you, talking you, about you, the quality of the game. I'm talking about <laughs> what they did for the art direction in the cutscenes for that game kind of gave you an idea of what functional things in that world that universe might look like aside from Samus um, I think they could do it it's just they'd have to write a completely different game yeah. and make it a different character and call it Metroid I mean Metroid I think Metroid beings would have to be in it 
But um, you'd have to just write a completely different thing. Yeah. It'd be a subtitle. It'd be like, you know, whatever, Cadet or Force, what were they called in this one? I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Federation Force. Yeah. Federation yeah. Force, a Metroid-inspired game. <laughs> or like what they're doing, Gears of War 4 doesn't have anybody from the other games in it. Yeah. It's a completely yeah. new game set in that universe. They could, they could do that, too. They you, you, yeah. you, That's it. That's my answer. How you could fix this is call it Metroid 3. Yeah. And put Samus in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's the thing. Because Metroid like, what, Two was good, but it was way off in the what kind of do left you field. Do you know? I mean, like if you put another armored character in it and put a guy in it, people are going to be really pissed. Yes. You know, you can't do that. But then if you just try to, if you try to make another female character and put in, a, it would just have to be a completely different fucking kind of game. I don't yeah. think it could be the same thing. Federation Force, a Metroid joint. That's how <laughs> <what> I <I'm> go. <laughs> well, here you go. We could do. We could do Federation Force. A Metro-inspired game, and it could come out episodically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Songbird uh, continues, I'll admit I did pre-order the limited edition of No Man's Sky, but there's something that's been bugging me. I've seen a lot of posts claiming there's not enough details over what the game is and how to play it, etc. Uh, when Minecraft came out, did it spew a ton of information over uh, what it was? I remember a time when all we had were commercials just to learn about a game. Uh, also, just because someone says something doesn't prove the wanted end result. Cough, destiny, cough. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is it warranted to demand every aspect of a game ASAP or are people being too tinfoiled? Um... I have an answer, and you're not going to like it. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, people are being too shitty and too greedy, selfish bitches. Self-entitled? Yeah. A little self-entitled. You can't tell me everything before I spend my money, but uh, I'll steal the game if I don't like it. Fuck you. Like, well, well, that's, <laughs> I, that's the same idea. Discussion. I don't think she's going there. Yeah, but but I, it's yeah, the yeah. same idea of, like, yeah. they want they want to know everything before, like, it, people, it, in the movies and all this. Uh, just, ugh. To play devil's advocate. Oh, here we go. As opposed to Charlie, because <laughs> Charlie's usually the devil's advocate guy. <laughs> I think that people wanting to know what they're getting out of a game is less about... I think it has more to do with everyone's gotten so used to being told they're going to get one thing and then they get another, or they're not sure what they're going to get out of the package and then you yeah. know, they pay 60 bucks for it and then it's like a $15 game or a $20 game. I think people just want to make sure that their money's going to be well spent before they spend the money on it. That's why people are so curious as to what it is. I, and because it's new. It's like kind of uncharted stuff. People are just curious. I'd say there's a line there. There's half of the people that demand what it is for the wrong reasons and then there's the other half that are so paranoid that you can't blame them that they like, all right, I'm spending $60. Like... I need to know that I'm going to get at least forty to fifty out of this thing and not regret my purchase. It well, there's that, and then but what Songbird is specifically mm. referring to in this is the fact that even just the details over what the game even is is like what like what like you know there, there's information about you know there, there's some information out there, but in terms of like. I mean, I, I kind of understand what she's saying because it's like this is a blind it, buy. If, well, yeah, it's and 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 yeah, I get it. This week, a lot of light has been shed on what it is, though. Okay, like uh, like I, I Songbird, I know you're probably, I, presumably, I'm assuming you're not on Facebook and or in the Players Club, but I did pub, I did post an article on the Players Club this week that talks more because as the game now has a release date and it's getting closer to release. They Hello Games to... is letting people spend more time with it. Okay, and I mean, like the the short version of it is without becoming you know too long winded is is that you fly from planet to planet, you have to go to the planets, and you have to spend a little bit of time on planets when you get there. You find these like 
these codexes that teach you the languages you need to go to NPCs and talk to them. But you can't talk to them if you don't know their languages. Hmm. You have to talk to them, and they will they will instruct you on where to find resources or parts for your ship. Because the further toward the center of the galaxy you go, the better your your you know ship may need to be. The faster it may need to be. You need to upgrade it, and then like there's environmental hazards like your your suit. You may land on a planet that has acid rain. You have to upgrade it. You can't go to the planets that have the acid rain if you don't have the. You know what I mean? Like or extreme cold temperatures or hot temperatures. But so here's here's one of my here's a, here's a question I have that I'm realizing I, I have listening to you describe it. You've just described some very interesting game mechanics that are are sound very interesting to me. What is the game? Like why are you even doing? He's any of this? describing it. Your the point of the game is to get to the center of the universe. And. The, the, and and so, see what and see what lies there at the center, and they haven't told anybody is, what that is or oh, what okay, it's going okay. to be. So so it's, so the, the, so the vagary is surrounding it. like the characters' motivations for getting there, and obviously what's going to be there when you get there. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, and, okay. I mean uh, the the sake of exploration. I mean the thing is is the way that they built the game too. Sean Murray has talked about the, one of the live demos in the the article is they did a reference. He bumped into this creature um, that I think he likened to like a crazy giraffe something or other. And he's just like, oh, my God, it's tall and big and it's coming. What is it going to do? And Sean Murray said, I, I don't know. I like literally don't know. I've never seen this creature before because of the way that it's designed. Like, <laughs> Interesting. You know, he said more often than not, I see things. He said, you're the first person to ever see this creature. So I don't because I don't the game know. generated it. Yeah, because of the way the algorithms wow. are built, you don't know if it's going to be an aggressive creature, a friendly creature, or what's going to set it <laughs> off, or whatever. You know what I mean? So some right. of this game is just spirit of exploration. You know what I mean? So yeah. it sounds like uh, we might have found a, a Minecraft for Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, I play for the story, and they so. did say yeah. uniquely that while it is online co-op, there are so many planets. The likelihood that you will ever play with your friends is almost nil. You might, maybe you'll get lucky. And you will run into one or two people every now and again, mm-hmm. he said, but you won't be playing with people often. You won't see them often because there's so many planets. And the, the well, I mean, yeah, I don't want to get too deep into this, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm interested. But yeah. so, Songbird, to come back to your question, um, my response is that um, I, I think it's fair for the a, a decent you know, synopsis of the plot of the game and the kind of gameplay it is and everything to, to be out there. Um, as far as people wanting to know, like every single little detail about it, you know, in, in the way that you're suggesting here um, is um, I think, I think that that's overreaching a little bit. Um, I think, uh, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of anonymous internet spoilery is happening there. Um, but um, you know, it's uh, I, I definitely, you know, obviously all of us are old enough to know exactly what you're talking about. We're back in the day. It's like, you know, if we're, if we're lucky, we had a, a TV commercial, uh, most likely uh, a magazine ad or right up in Nintendo power. <laughs> One page with a yeah. picture that yep. says but, out in April. <laughs> but I do still maintain that because things were that way and we weren't all connected on the Internet at that time in the way that we mm-hmm. are now, you had to put out a finished game or it was your ass. So people didn't really... Well, see, you know her I mean? question I don't think has anything to do with completed quality. No, I think it's no, just no, a matter no. of it's like, there's this game I'm interested in, but I don't even know what the game is. No, no, I know. But yeah, I'm yeah. saying I think that's why people want to know so much these sure. days now. Sure, sure, Just quality well, control, you know. Right. So. Um, we're, we're not, we're not uh, carefree, risk-taking buyers anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not, sadly. 
All right. Well, Songbird, thank you very much for your email. And thanks uh, to everybody else that responded on Facebook and for your various responses. Um, as always, we appreciate you very much. Um, so we're running long on the tooth here. So um, briefly, I um, just want to remind everybody that uh, Gamerhead Radio will be at Winnie City PonyCon April 1st um, at currently tentatively 8 p.m. in panel room B. Um, and there is a, some sort of drink with your friends panel afterwards after us. And so, um, you know, if, if you so choose to attend that panel, uh, there will be limited attendance and you can hang out. It has nothing to do with us, but it's just in the, in the room after us of sampling various pony themed cocktails, apparently. So um, another reason to come is, uh, you know, drinks after. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, Gamerhead Radio is looking forward to that. Gamerhead Radio is still looking for an intern. Um, so if you're interested in helping Gamerhead Radio out become a better show in as much as you're... Uh, uh, you know, helping with our social media, helping with us, um, you know, request re- review copies of games, and if we get enough of them, you might be able to play them and do your reviews. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Um, um, with helping us book and find guests and live shows and just all that stuff, uh, we need your help. And so, um, if, if if the only real requirements for this position are that you uh, understand technology, that you're organized, that you can write well, everything else we can teach you. Um, so um, that's about that. Um, do you guys have anything, um, any, uh, anything uh, personal that you want to mention, just super briefly? Uh, no. Uh, well, I'm, Beast Villains is going to be playing Mad Monster in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. This is a big convention, really, really nice convention um, that we did last year. We're coming back to do it again. Probably going to be doing it in Phoenix coming up. But other than that, um, n- nothing new to report. Big, big things going on behind the scenes, but nothing I can talk about right now. Yeah. Go to anything. Uh, what you're about to say and what he just said. Got it. Um, and uh, you know, uh, you know, with uh, with especially with Winnie City coming up, that is the entirety of my world right now. And um, so uh, you know, just um, really looking forward to. It. I I've ma- I think I've successfully managed to wrangle every single one of my close friends that's going to be in town into coming to work this con. It's gonna be me. awesome. <laughs> so it is. Um, it is just gonna be an amazing weekend. I'm super looking forward to it. Um. Uh, and then one one more reminder for everybody: we do have merchandise available for sale on our website and on our Facebook page. Um, just look for those little store shop links, and uh, yeah, you can buy uh, t-shirts and um, and stickers and buttons. And um, we will be having, um, I believe, some glassware coming very soon. Huzzah! So because we were ba- basically dancing around the having an entire conversation about this during this episode. Anyways, next week we are going to be talking about uh, game pre-orders. And um, all the different reasons why one would or would not pre-order a game. Um, so going, so basically, our question to you is going to be: um, Do you pre-order games? Um, and what does it take for you to pre-order a game? And why do you not pre-order games? Or why do you think others should not pre-order games? I know that there's we have several listeners who have strong feelings on this matter, and uh, you know who you are. And if you don't respond to this mailbag topic, I'm going to be very disappointed in you. But I just I don't think I have to worry about that. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so so just pre-orders in general is going to be our conversation topic for next week, and um, and uh, and that's our mailbag question for you. And so, with all that being said, thank you very much for listening. If you've liked what you heard, you can find us at GamerHeadRadio.com, at Facebook.com backslash GamerHeadRadio, at uh, Google.com backslash plus GamerHeadRadio, and on Twitter, at GamerHeadRadio, where I am at T-E-K Charlie. Uh, John is at the Fallon Flynn and Goat is at Sir Goatsworth. Um, uh, you can uh, write us an email at editors at gamerheadradio.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 94926Gamer. Download the official uh, Gamerhead Radio app on Google Play, on Android platforms, or you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, Twitch, or with your podcast downloader of choice. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. This has been yet another episode of Gamerhead Radio. We'll see you next week.
go. All right, we're going to start this thing. Tetranimos. 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 Yeah. Ah, fuck this game. All right, on that note, we know what the video... No. We need to put together a blooper reel of every one of his bloopers doing this. That's fair. Just like a fucking... It'll be like a two and a half minute reel of Goat going, now that you know... Fuck. Coke, McDonald's gets... Nonetheless, if you are in the middle section, we have some bad news. Palmer Lucky, the founder of Facebook's VR... Moving on to number three... Palmer Lucky says, we'll make Oculus for Mac when April... <laughs> Hold on, do it again. <laughs> when April... <laughs> okay, and we got, uh, we got some responses as per usual. It's a mailbag. A uh, little backstory, so this makes sense. Um, the, 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 the marker. <laughs> Federation voice. Oh, the voice. Federa- <laughs> the Federation <laughs> voice. Open the door. You know what I like to do in... To do to the marker, I got the Charlies today. 